The following is brought to you by the Leave It in the Ring Podcast Network. All boxing, no filter. Greetings and welcome to the Boxing Esquire Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Boxing Esquire Podcast. My guest on this episode is Scott Schaefer, my good friend, uh, litigation attorney and writer for Boxing Talk. We go over all the happenings in boxing uh, in 2018 and and look ahead to 2019. And we get uh, pretty much, I don't think we covered all the weight divisions, but uh, we got to heavyweight through about uh, junior lightweight. So, uh, um, you know, we talked for a long time. Um, I had a great time and I hope you do listening to it as well. Really enjoyed it. So, my guest today on the Boxing Esquire podcast is my good friend Scott Schaefer, another uh, returning champion, uh, second time on the podcast. He's a litigation partner at Olshan from Woloski, uh, as well as a longtime senior writer for Boxing Talk. Welcome back to the Boxing Esquire podcast, Scott. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. I guess I'm the second guy to uh, be a repeat guest. <laughs> That's right. Myself and Tim Smith, so I'm in very good company and always... Always a always a pleasure to chop up boxing with you, Kurt. Absolutely, absolutely. So, last year, you know, around this time, we looked ahead to, to 2018, and uh, today we're going to kind of combine the look back at 2018 and uh, look ahead to 2019. So, um, let's kind of take it the way we did uh, last time around. Let's go division by division, um, and and start with uh, the big boys. Uh, last year we talked about, uh, you know, we're pretty excited about 2018 because it appeared, you know, we had the final four of the heavyweights coming up. We had, you know, Anthony, uh, Joshua and, and Joseph Parker and, uh, Deontay Wilder and Luis Ortiz, you know, uh, in matches in, 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 March. And that was pretty much the top four guys. I mean, you might've thrown Povetkin in there at that time, but, uh, you know, it was like a final four and it's like, wow, this is setting up. So maybe, maybe we will get Joshua Wilder. Both of you, you and I were kind of like, eh, probably not, but it, but you know, it, it looked pretty good. Um, you know, uh, we thought there might be unification, but negotiate, you know, they tried it, but negotiation stalled. And then a, a huge spanner gets thrown in the works here. You know, Joshua opts to, to make his mandatory against Povetkin after the negotiations fail. And then, you know, a guy who we were kind of said, yeah, he weighs about 400 pounds right now. Maybe he'll take a couple comeback fights. Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury. We didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah. Jumps in there against Wilder. And, 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 you know, who knew that, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, listen, I'm not going to say who knew that Tyson Fury was going to give Wilder such a good fight because most people, you know, who, who follow the sport were kind of predicting, well, you know, Fury could outbox him. He could very well outbox him. If he comes in shape, he could win this fight. And, uh, you know, it pretty much played out the way people thought it would. Well, not me. I, I, I'll, I'll admit I was wrong on that one. I, I thought Wilder would catch him with a big punch sooner or later. Well, he did. He caught him later. <laughs> I thought he'd catch him sooner. And, uh, you know, look. Uh, I didn't hear anyone call a draw. Was that right? right. Uh, I mean, it was a, a truly a miracle that Fury got up from that. I mean, right. for those of you who've seen it or haven't seen it yet, you know, Tyson Fury was – I mean, he, he got hit with a tremendous shot, and then going down on his way down, he got hit with another tremendous right, shot. Right, right. I mean, he was unconscious when yeah, he Wilder hit the thought it was over. No he, I mean, he was. <laughs> I mean, it looked like he was on unco- just straight up unconscious, 
as late as the count of five. And, and, you know, and I mean, it was, you know, insert your cliche here, a a real life Rocky movie. uh, You know, (laughs) if it was a Hollywood, if it was a Hollywood script, we would have walked out on it. But it it happened. And and, to quote Jim Lampley. (laughs) But 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 Tyson Fury was was unconscious and and, and he got up and uh, in the 12th round. And we all know the fight was scored a draw. Right. Uh, So let's. Let's talk about that. I mean, what what do you think of that? You know what? And I'm I'm in the vast minority of people who I mean, I actually scored the fight for Wilder. <laughs> oh man! Okay, I, I'm along with Dan Raphael and uh, Lance Pugmire and Randy Gordon. Um, I'm one of the few who had it for Wilder. But I mean, I definitely could have saw it a draw. I could have saw giving it to Fury. But you're certainly not outraged. Uh, no, not at all. I mean, you know, I think I tweeted at the time that I had it for Wilder, but I could see it a draw. I could see it for Fury. The cards will be all over the place. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, uh, the cards were all over. Because the, the, the early rounds were, there wasn't a lot going on. And Fury was was outlanding, you know, at least according to punch stats. He was outlanding Wilder, but only by like one or two. He really wasn't like dominating the fight. I mean, it, it Wilder was missing badly with a lot of shots, but... Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I give him a couple lose, of the you should, you shouldn't early rounds. For missing shots. Right. So. He was still being aggressive. He still landed some really good shots. I thought he was landing the harder shots clearly, but, um, you know, listen, most, most people didn't see it that way. They thought Fury, you know, was, was, uh, you know, at the very least he, he did what's Max Kellerman's line. He was winning the story of the fight. Actually, right. I think he stole that line from Larry Merchant, but right. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing was when we talked about this last year, I mean, I think there was, you know, at the time, if I recall, Fury was just starting to get into shape and post right. some pictures of himself on Instagram and, hey, this guy's losing weight. Good for him, you know. Um, but he was kind of seen as a, an, an amusing sideshow right. type guy at the time. Like, right. you know, where's he going with this? And, you know, posing for pictures. He's going to need at least three, four fights. And, so and, that was and, kind of the consensus. And I watched the two fights, his two comeback fights closely. You know, he fought a safer Safari, right. who's the safer opponent. <laughs> you know, and, and, and then he fought um, Francisco Pianetta. And, you know, the, the, the first fight was, I mean, it, the joke. It, it was an exhibition. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't really... It, it should have been an exhibition. It was a sideshow. <laughs> right, you know, right. Safari was a cruiserweight who's, you know, he he has... He, he actually had a decent result recently. He, he, he had a draw the next champ for Arslan. Arslan. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, as a heavyweight, and especially a heavyweight giving away, you know, 60 or 70 pounds or every year, he, he certainly had no business in there. Yeah, yeah. He didn't want to get hurt. I right. mean, he was, you know. There was a non-aggression pact between them. Exactly. Yeah. And it was a joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then against Pianetta, who, you know, I've met before, and I actually have a lot of respect for him as a guy who's come back from cancer to – to 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 be a decent heavyweight, I have a lot of respect for him, but that was even a couple of years ago. So he was, you know, he's been on the downside. Yeah, it was for a like while a sparring session. And it was a sparring session. Another non aggressive. And there was there was nothing the in there to indicate to me that Tyson Fury was, uh, you know, ready to to reclaim right. the mantle of the heavyweight right. division. Um, so I I was wrong. Um, you know, I think. If there was an award for comeback of the year, or if it, you know, oh, yeah. Fury has to get it. Absolutely. I think that you know most people would say that Fury won the fight, and and had had Fury been given the decision, you know, I, I think we'd be talking about him as fighter of the year. Now, you know, look, we'll we'll get to the cruiserweight division, and and you know, I think you and I both agree that that Usyk, that Alexander Usyk is, is should be the fighter of the year, but if if you gave Tyson Fury that win, it's certainly one of the more 
incredible stories in the history of boxing. I mean, you know, you have the element he was out for a long time. So you have the element of Ali coming back after three and a half years out of the sport. Uh, you know, you have the element of him, you know, not only coming back from inactivity, uh, you know, the, 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 also the mental health issues he had to overcome, which is something that, you know, we're a lot more sensitive to and we're a lot quicker to applaud today. You know, when we were kids, you know, having mental health issues were, you know, was something you're people were embarrassed about. stigmatized, yeah. Yeah, you're embarrassed about it. I mean, it, when we were kids, uh, you know, somebody got run out of a United States presidential election because it revealed they were seeing a shrink. Yeah, they were depressed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, 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 you know, you have that element of it. Then you also have the incredible element that we just discussed. I mean, here's a guy who was laying on the floor unconscious. Right. You know, he gets up and he, you know, not only survived against the hardest puncher in the world, but but you know landed some good punches. Oh as yeah, well. came back like a like a true champ. You know, and I'm not going to put you on the spot here, but I bet you if you look back at some of the Ring Magazine Boxers of the Year in the 50s and 60s, I bet there were guys who got the award for Fighter of the Year just based on a single performance. Certainly, nothing that Fury ever did in in, in the, the first two fights would merit consideration for Fighter of the Year. But I, I'll bet you there's a fair amount of guys who fought once a year had one fight in a year and, and got fighter of the year. I think, you know, I, I think back in the day, I, I think a, a lot more consideration was given to like the biggest event of the year. I, I think that often got like fight of the year and the winner would get like fighter of the year, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I mean, this, there wasn't as much like hardcore, you know, fan, fans, you know, it was pretty much Nat Fleischer, whoever he, whoever he liked, you know, that year. Uh, well, uh, this okay. was a big event. I, I, I can't just, I, you know, okay. But I, certainly I think had Fury, won this fight and had been... It was one of only two pay-per-views in the U.S., so obviously it was a big event. Right, and had he been given the decision, <laughs> I don't think you could seriously complain with him being fighter. I, mean, I could, think he'd definitely be in quibble, the discussion. But, yeah, he'd definitely be in the discussion. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, well, speaking of, though, I mean, at, at heavyweight in 2018... It was a good year for heavyweights. It, you had at least four or five, probably like five marquee matchups that were top ten fighters fighting each other, Right. right. I mean, Joshua fought, uh, you know, uh, Parker and, in a unification match mm-hmm. and Povetkin. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are like top five guys fighting each other. You had Wilder Ortiz and then Wilder Fury. And I think Fury was arguably a top 10 guy. I mean, I would count those as two right. top 10 fights. Right. And then Dillian White uh, taking on Joseph Parker, right. too. I mean, I mean, the heavyweights were slamming this And even, even uh, they even had an eliminator that, that got it right, Uh Kubrat Pulev oh, versus Huey Fury. Pulev and Huey Fury was, 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 was a solid fight. Definitely top 20 guys. Definitely top 20 guys. I mean, Pulev, definitely arguably a top 10 guy. And Fury, there are a lot of people who say, hey, they, they thought he beat Joseph Parker. So right. he's arguably a top 10 guy. So without question, it was a great uh, – Great, uh, great year, but we didn't get. And it's not done yet. We got one more fight this oh, weekend. That's... We got the, the <laughs> Dillian White Derek Chisora rematch. Yeah, the the rematch at Chisora White. It, you know, and again, you know, speaking of fighters of the year, I mean, in, in you know, in an ordinary year, you'd have Dillian White under consideration if he wins this. I mean, he beat you know two former champs, right? He beat Lucas Brown, spectacular knockout. I mean, okay, okay, does, okay. does Lucas Brown count as a former <laughs> champ? I'm, I'm not sure. Well. <laughs> He had the title just you know before the drug test. Yes, well, you know it's it's interesting <laughs> if you want to talk about the the nerdy wonky boxing history stuff. James Tony is not considered a former heavyweight champ. Oh, he, he fell the drug test immediately because, after beating John Ruiz. Right, right, right. Now with Lucas Brown, he failed his drug test, but then they let him the, keep the title, and then he failed another one. I think. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I guess you have to technically. I mean, technically. but then he was also a regular champion. I mean, he wasn't. 
I get you know, it. I get it. Just let me roll with this. All <laughs> right. So he fought Lucas Brown, former world champ. Yeah. Okay. Former, you know, garbage belt world champ. And then Joseph Parker, which I thought was ballsy on both of their parts. I mean, Parker coming right off of Joshua and going right into Dillian White. And Dillian White taking on, that's a dangerous yeah, fight. I respect to Joseph Parker for that. Uh, both guys. I think Dillian White was already, like, number one contender in one of the organizations. So WBC. He, yeah. Well, he's, it's, he's, it's, it's <laughs> unclear. But yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, he's, we'll he's, get to Dillian yeah. White's situation. Because, uh, yeah, he's number one in a couple of organizations. But I don't know that he's the mandatory in either. He, he might be the mandatory, I think, in the B.O., now, but I mean, I thought Povetkin was the number one guy in the BO, but somehow that wasn't the mandatory of Joshua Fodder. Right. right. But, uh, but yeah, great, great year. But, you know, the, the, the big fight, we didn't get it, right? We didn't get Joshua Wilder. No, but we, we, it was a good year. It's certainly, you know, based on some of the years we've had over the last decade and, or well, more. 2018 was, it was an awesome year. I'm not going to deny that, but looking ahead to 2019, here, here's my question for, right. for, for Scott Schaefer. So it appears Wilder, Wilder wants a 50-50 split, and, and Joshua wants the fight in, in, in April at Wembley. There, you know, there was controversy last time. Oh, you sent us an offer with no date and no site. Well, now they're like, hey, we got the date. We got the site. Let's do it. You know, now they're pointing fingers again. Oh, you know, this and that. Seems like Wilder wants a 50-50. Joshua is not giving on that. He wants to give like a flat fee and so on. So I remember when Pacquiao and, and Mayweather had these problems, they, they took this thing to mediation. So if these guys, the parties decide to go to mediation, they come to New York and the mediator happens to be Scott Schaefer, where do you come out on this? How, how do you think that they should chop this deal up and wh- where do you think they'll end up? Well, all right. A couple, <laughs> couple of things. If, if, if I'm not mistaken, I think that the reason Mayweather and Pacquiao were in mediation was not to set up the fight, was I think there were some uh, – there was a lawsuit for defamation you know, Pacquiao. Well, I think, Pacquiao I think they were trying to. They tried to hash out some. Uh, you know, like that was part of the, of potentially I, trying to settle it, though. Too. I, I think, think that was the, the fight. That was the. That was the hook for how they what forced them to arbit, arbitration or mediation. I mean, there's right. nothing. There's no requirement that Joshua and Wilder go to mediation. Right, right, right. right? So, so it's just a. It's just a. Hey, look for me. Well, I mean, Aaron, I know. Aaron, what, I think what, Aaron. They asked Aaron where he thought. What do you think? What he thought the parties should be, they should go to mediation in front of judge. I forget the judge. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, to me, it, we we both we all know we've we've both been involved in enough boxing negotiations to know it's not a matter of fairness or what's right. Right. It's a matter of who's who's got the power. But if you're right, but your question to me was what's right and what's fair. Certainly, you know, Wilder deserves some upside. I mean, he is. A guy who, you know, Anthony Joshua is a great guy and a, a great role model and a great representative for the sport. Uh, and I'm not saying Deontay Wilder isn't. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's by all accounts, seems like a great father to a disabled daughter. Right. Um, uh, you know, he says what's on his mind with no filter. And so sometimes <laughs> people, it doesn't resonate well with the public. Right. When he says things like, hey, you know, I, you better bring a body bag to the fight. Right, I want some right. bodies on my resume. Right, but, right, right. But, um, That's pretty you cool. know, he certainly will <laughs> sell a lot of tickets, sell a lot of wolf tickets, you know, to use an old expression. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he brings that to the table and deserves uh, in the negotiations. I, you know, if if they're serious about doing this fight, they have to give him a piece of the upside, not right. just a flat fee. Um, and I think it's. Give him, give him some upside. Right. He'll, he'll he'll sell some tickets. <laughs> uh, you know the, the the question to me. You know after in the 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 reason that the the Fury and Wilder fight is so fascinating is that it's 
it just changes the dynamics. Now, instead of two guys fighting with each other, it's like the old Mexican standoff. You know, you got a pile of cash in the middle and three guys standing around in a circle <laughs> with guns. And, you know, the minute you point the gun at one guy, that guy can point his gun at the other guy. And, you know, may, maybe it hasn't shown up yet, but, you know, maybe maybe Joshua fights Fury and, and, and leaves Wilder out. Right. You know? Right. Absolutely. You know, my, my thing with this is I believe that both Wilder and Fury, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think both guys make more if they fight Joshua. So, you know, I, I, and if they fight a rematch, and let's say – Let's say they fight a rematch, and this time, you know, Tyson Fury is is better because he's, you know, he's worked some more pounds off. He knows what he's got with Wilder. He's not going to make those mistakes again, although Wilder could say the same thing. Um, but let's say, you know, one guy just wins really decisively. Now the other guy is aced out. And my thinking is of a Joshua fight. So you make less fighting. I think they're good. they make less fighting each other than either would fighting Joshua. Well, I, I think also, I'm not sure if this, I'm not sure. Sure, if this is going to contradict you, but to me, you know, if I, if I'm if I'm Wilder, you know, I, he doesn't think this way. But recognizing that, you know, he he could have lost that fight, Absolutely. And, and, and and you know, regardless of your scoring, in, in some ways, he's fortunate to have the belt, and um, he might lose a rematch. You know, if, if I'm Wilder, I, I and Wilder and Shel, or Shelly Finkel and Al Heyman. You know, it's not a, such a bad idea to to give a little bit in the negotiations. I mean, get some upside, but, you right. know, make this deal. Go fight Joshua. And if you lose to Joshua, there's still going to be a ton of interest in, in a Wilder Fury rematch. Right, right. You, So you still got that. You still got Absolutely. that insurance policy. If you know you've got a big fight waiting for you. Absolutely. Unless, of course, you know, I mean, look, it, it, you know, then, then maybe Joshua fights Fury. But I, I think Wilder would still be a marquee attraction. And, and you know he could lose it. He could lose in the rematch to Fury quite easily. So that's it. That's um, it. But you know Joshua seems to have a lot more options because there certainly would be interest in in Joshua versus the winner of Saturday's fight between right. White and Chizur. There's right. certainly you know I think uh, uh, they could bring Joshua to the United States to fight Jarrell Miller. All right. They could you know maybe maybe one more fight is necessary. But you know Usyk's going to be in the mix in heavyweight any time soon. Absolutely, so. and all of those guys are with Eddie Hearn and DAZN. Yeah. Right, and I can't see you know so much interest in it. Usyk challenging of Wilder. That's just not, not the, It's not the same level. Right, it's, right, you know. right, right, right. Um, so yeah. Um, you know, the question is going to be, what do these other guys do? How do these guys, what does Jarrell Miller do? How does he get into the next level? Right. Uh, how does, how does Usyk get in there? I mean, how does, uh, you know, some of these guys, some of the young guys we talked about last year or, or uh, you know, Luis Ortiz or Dominic Brazil, or how do they, right. how do they get back in? And I, right. I don't mean to put, I don't want to put Dominic Brazil up in that level of elite <laughs> yeah, fighters exactly. but he is a wbc mandatory right so i mean right. you know what do these guys do and and it seems to me like good for the fans some of these guys might have to start fighting each other exactly, exactly. some of these guys might have to fight each other while while you know joshua will he fight three times this year maybe you know but he's got no shortage of opponents i mean he could easily fight you know the white chisora winner then Usyk, and then you know, either Fury or Wilder uh, right. in, in, in the fall. And that leaves, you know, a lot of good heavyweights on the outside looking in. You know, Absolutely. the guys we talked about, Pulev, uh, Jarrell Miller, um, Luis Ortiz, you know. Right. These yeah, I mean, and they're all interesting fights. I mean, uh, the heavy, heavyweight is live right now. I mean, it's not like super, super deep, 
But you know the top ten. Yeah, but these guys only fight twice a year. There's right. plenty. There's plenty Absolutely. of matchups to go around. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and listen, I, I wouldn't complain too much if there's a Wilder Fury rematch, obviously, because there was so much drama in that first fight. I think people would really anticipate it. But. Right. But last time around, we we talked about some prospects. Um, you talked about some prospects. You brought up three guys who uh, who caught your eye, and you were interested to see how they progressed in uh, in 2018. One of them was uh, Philip Pergovich. And what did you think of his 2018? Uh, he, he had a good 2018. I think he advanced his case. I mean, I think it's if you're going to do a top ten, it's it's he's on the fringe. I mean, you might say he's not truly beaten a top contender and you'd be right about that but right. you know it's it's hard to name 10 guys that you think would definitely beat him right uh, you know so if you look at it but that's that way, a measuring stick yeah uh, I mean, so he's, he's, got he, a lot of he's had a good year he's built himself as not only as an attraction but uh he, he destroyed amir mansoor which was yeah. pretty respectable i was very respectable um he uh fought kevin johnson on short notice and won just a couple of weeks last week or the week before it's hard. you know the only guy who manhandled johnson was joshua i mean i, I don't i don't think i think he was a distance with everybody I mean, he's very and, tough to knock out yeah and and he's so negative <laughs> and hergovich to his credit i mean he, he didn't you know he didn't fight a he didn't have to he didn't reach down to the level that fury fought on his comeback right you know he he fought a a, a you know look not Kevin Johnson's not someone you'd consider a contender at this point in his career, but in your he, seventh he's, fight. He, and he's a and he's a crafty guy. Well, he, it's not really a seventh fight because well, he had about twenty world, twenty or thirty World Series of boxing, uh, World Series of boxing yes. fights. Um, <laughs> but I think the fact that on a week's notice they fought Kevin Johnson, I think that says to me that his promoters Sourland has a lot of faith in this guy. Right. That you know they're, they're, they they really feel like they have the goods that they could put him in on short notice with a crafty you know a crafty guy who knows how to fight and who still you know has to be considered a gatekeeper at this point in his career. Um, it says a lot. So I I think he you know look they were a little disappointed that the 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 fight fell through um, that they had planned, but this guy is certainly better positioned than he was a year ago to make a run up run up the heavyweight division it's just just a question of you know picking the spots and who he's going to fight um you know the other guy we talked about tony yoka it's, i mean still a huge talent right. uh, didn't really advance his career that much this year well because of you know he kept skipping those drug tests in yeah. france and eventually they, they nailed him and he's got he's serving out a one-year suspension right now which right. is a shame because i mean he can he can obviously fight but now you really have to question like why is he skipping all these drug tests? You know, you know, is is his uh, ability a little artificially enhanced? You know, you'd have to wonder. I mean, yeah. and and also, uh, I mean, look, this is boxing. I mean, there's certainly ways around these suspensions. I mean, you can, you know, there's you can fight it in another country, right? Exactly. Right? They're not. Uh, they're not. In, there's no world. There's no true worldwide governing body right. that's going to enforce these suspensions. Which everyone knows. I think there should be. But go ahead. Right. Uh, good luck. Good luck. Good, good luck establishing that. You know, if 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 you get it going, please hire me as a commissioner it's or, the, or the even press, the assistant commissioner. The, the the press needs to 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 get on these guys and and hammer them about it because it's you know we need it. But anyway, go ahead. But uh, and and uh, you know the the British are coming. You know Daniel Dubois and Joe Joyce are still. I mean, they're 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 knocking on the door now too. I mean, I think you've got to, if you're making up your top twenty, you've got to give both of them serious consideration for that. Yeah. Um, well, Dubois, you know, I mean, he's he's so young still. He's like what twenty one. Um, 
you know, his last fight, you know, a little bit of the hype train. His hype train slowed down a little bit just because Kevin Johnson, again, Kevin Johnson, yeah. uh, tough guy, tough guy to knock out. And he looked a little impatient, you know, looked a little predictable in there. I mean, obviously, he's got work to do. But he is by far the, the youngest, uh, you know, well, not by far, but uh, Nathan Gorman's only 22. But uh, yeah. he's... Uh, That's the third, the, third, the third British guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as, as you like to say, the uh, you know the the center, you know the epicenter of boxing, uh, Great Britain is so crazy. But I mean, Joyce Joyce obviously at thirty three is 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 a guy who needs to be rushed a little more, and, mm-hmm. and he had a ton of fights, like seven fights in in two thousand eighteen. Sure. But uh, you know, took on some really good competition. You know, Lenroy Thomas and Kaladze and Joe Hanks. Well, the Kaladze win I think was was very impressive. Uh, Hanks on paper looks like a pretty good win, although I don't know if you saw the fight. I did see. I the fight, was kind yes. of astounded by how bad Joe Hanks looked. Uh, you know, I thought he looked good for about thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think I texted uh, Mike Moreo, his manager, Bam, Mike, I'm like, "Damn, Hanks is looking good, bro. Good by luck time, tonight." By the time he hit send, it was. And I was like, "Whoops, <laughs> sorry, bro." <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's one of those things, uh, you know, other than the second act, uh, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you enjoy the play? Exactly. You, know, you look great. You, know. I had him, I had, you had Joe Hanks even up till the, up exactly. till, up till the was, first round knockout. He was winning the round until that club. He looked pretty slow and off balance to me. Uh, uh, I don't know. Okay. Um, I don't remember him, in, you know, a couple of years ago being so thick. I mean, he just kind of looked like a middle-aged yeah, guy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, Hanks, yeah, the, the shine came off of him. It was it Derek Rossi beat him? Yeah. I think after that, he, he kind of stopped taking it so seriously. But, um, you know, Joyce and, and Dubois and, and Gorman, um, hopefully one of those fights, hopefully, you know, Gorman or somebody, hopefully they'll fight each other. At least there'll be one fight between the two, two out of those three. This year, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's not something that happens in the States. You know, you usually don't see prospects fight each other, but Great Britain, they don't have the trepidation. They, they'll, they'll, they'll throw. I mean, you know, George Groves and James DeGale fought each other pretty sure, early in their careers. Sure. So. And uh, Gorman, too. Gorman's not a guy who gets a lot of hype. Like, you know, I mean, uh, you know, other guys, you know, F.A. Ajagba obviously has right. gotten a lot of hype over here. And, you know, Joyce and, and Dubois. Well, it's, hard. it's hard when you're the number three prospect in a small country. He looks like he's about 40 years old, but he's yeah. only 22. He's losing but, his I mean, hair, but, I mean, it's just... I was, I was impressed he knocked out Big Sexy Turner mm-hmm. in, in three rounds. That's the guy who went the distance with Hergovich. So, mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, Gorman's a little bit of a sleeper. Yeah, um, trained by Ricky Hatton. That's right. That's right. I was watching him hit pads with with Ricky. That one on uh, Twitter looked really good. And uh, he's got a good fight this weekend. Right. I right. can't remember the name of the opponent, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but it's, it's, a, it's a test. It's a t- it's a test. It's a step up for him. And again, you know, he's twenty two. He's young. Uh, you know, there's certainly look. He's not he's not fighting a world beater, but they're certainly not taking the Deontay Wilder slow road to <laughs> you know to contention either. Right, um, right. You know, uh, Deontay. You know, they they did the right things with him. Seemed like they moved him exactly right. You know, and then and then there's the guy we were talking about. Another wild card is Ivan Ditchko. Ivan Ditchko. Yeah, you know, we we uh, I think we talked about him last time. He, uh, you know, two time bronze medalist. Who, you know, lost to Joshua in 2012 and Joe Joyce in 2016. Um, I had a friend who uh, bring Jonathan Butler who was down in. Um, Deontay Wilder's camp, and, and, and Wilder used Ditchko to get ready for Fury. And okay. uh, Brent said, you know, I mean, it was early on in sparring, and, you know, I don't know how how, how Deontay's camps work, if he kind of works himself into it. But, uh, but Brent was saying, you know, Ditchko, 
pretty much didn't lose a round against Deontay. But again, sparring, right? right. Sparring. No, listen, okay. Working on specific but, things. But uh, we don't have to take Bren's word for it. Just, just go Google his Olympic fight against uh, Anthony Joshua. Close fight. And you can see, you know, I, I, we may have talked about this last year, but, you know, <laughs> when, when, when that fight went to the scorecards, there was a lot of – Anthony Joshua was not confident he was going to get the decision. I mean, there was definitely suspense when the, when the, when the announcement was read. Right, Ditchko, right. you know, gave him hell and fought him close in, in an Olympic fight. But, um, you know, the, the, guy's, the guy's got the amateur background. He's got the size. Um, just hasn't been active, you know. Right. I don't know how much you know about his situation. If you know anything or you want to talk about it or not. I can't but, talk about it. But, <laughs> I do know but about it, the situation, know, but from I can't a, from, talk from about a it. Pan, from a fan's <laughs> point of view, you want to see this guy. Absolutely. You want to, how old is he? He's not a kid. 28. Okay. He's, he's young he enough, but you, you you know you want to see this guy fight a little bit more. 7 And then his, his last fight was against Maurice Harris. Wah, wah. You know, Maurice for Maurice. Maurice, uh, I mean, I don't know if you watched that fight. Yeah, uh, I mean, Maurice was looking for a place to <laughs> – a soft place to land. I thought, um, he, I thought he legit got hit, but yeah, I mean, he, he – Yeah. I don't think he wanted to take too more, much more of that. Gorman is fighting uh, Rosman Kajanu this weekend. Oh, okay. There you this go. This is with Joe Parker. Yeah. Title 18 shot. and 3 or something along those 16 lines. 16 and 4. 16 – okay, close enough. I mean, but Luis Ortiz – Blasted him out last time around, but big dude. But I mean, that's guy. but but Luis Ortiz and for your fifteenth fight, that's Nathan, a good fight. Yes, they're at very different stages in their career. So absolutely, you know, props to Nathan Gorman for absolutely. for stepping up to that. Um, just a couple more heavyweights I, I wanted to get in there just to for people to look. Yeah, out who's that for. last guy on your list there? You know, I, I, I don't know who that is. I I, I, I like him because well, why don't you uh, say his name for the fans? It's uh, it's Jean Kozabutsky. Yeah, Kozabutsky. We got a Kozabutsky. <laughs> how, how how confident are you that? Hit him with the Kozabutsky. <laughs> you sure about that? That's how you say his name. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he was a amateur star in Kazakhstan. Um, I know that uh, that. Uh, uh, you know, people who I've I've done some work for were were looking to sign him. They they may have him, but he's been kind of fighting quietly uh, in in Russia and, and Kazakhstan. But eight and zero, seven knockouts. Um, how how far of a how how distinguished how high what level did he reach in the amateurs? Um, you know, I mean, it's really tough over there because they have so many great amateurs. I mean, I, I don't know that he won like world championships or anything like that, but he was always like you know in the running and one of the best uh, amateurs in Kazakhstan. So, uh, which normally you would laugh at that, but now everyone knows that. You know, right. Kazakhstan is right. it's a boxing factory, right? Um, and you've got a uh, Borat joke here, right? exactly. <laughs> uh, then you we, got, all, we all remember his wife, the rankings his his, his sister was, right? <laughs> we like to talk about that on <laughs> on your podcast. <laughs> okay, so uh, you know, from uh, another guy from that that area of the world, uh, Bakadir Jalalov. Right. I think uh, um, I think. Debella might have signed him. I'm, I'm not sure. But 2016 Olympian who lost to Joe Joyce in the quarterfinals, 4-0-4 knockouts, only 24 years old. 6-6, big dude, big puncher. Look out for him. And uh, Oleksandr uh, Tezlenko, uh, Ukrainian, uh, solid amateur. But, you know, as a pro, he's I think he's like 15 or 16 and only 26 years old. I saw him fight on a Broadway boxing card as well. And, and uh, um, you know. He, he's going to be competitive. He's a big athletic kid who, who hits hard. So, um, so yeah, those are, you know, it's a lot of young heavyweights. Right. Herkovich, Yoka, Joyce. You see these Dubois. guys, they all look invincible the way they're matched. And 
Right, you don't they're, know. They're obviously, obviously, all these guys are not going to be former champions, but let's just hope no, we get to. But most of these guys are really good amateurs. And and, and, and getting back to the the ESPN Plus and the uh, and DAZN, you know that that's the great thing about this stuff. They show you the whole undercard. Right. You know, not too long ago, you know, these guys would be hidden. Right. They 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 the fights would certainly wouldn't be well, on TV. There was no YouTube and, back then. And, and we should really. I mean, I mean, streaming is very unique in that you know you can watch you know different programs. On on the apps, right? Like you know, so so I mean, Steven Espinosa was just like, listen, the only reason ESPN Plus and DAZN uh, went with combat sports and boxing is because they needed tonnage. You know, they needed things that sucked up time. Mm-hmm. You know, and boxing cards suck right. up a lot of time sure. if you show them, you know, front to back. Um, but there's really nothing stopping them from from you know televising the entire undercard because. It's not like you have commercial time and then you right. have to like you're going to get interrupted by the women's right. softball game afterwards. It's like, you know, if people don't want to watch it, they can just go on the app and watch something else. I mean, but, it's just a stream. But I mean, I think it's also a shift in, in promoters mentalities because I think, you know, when we first started, uh, when I met you in the 90s, uh, you know, there was promoters would, you know, even it, certainly you wouldn't be able to see these guys on YouTube and certainly you wouldn't see these guys on TV. But if you were going to a card and, you know, you were looking at the list of fights and there was a prospect you want to see, a lot of times these guys would be the very first fight on the card. Right. They'd fight at like 5 or 6 o'clock right. because the promoter wanted them to get a win but didn't want the media to see, the, you know, the, the writers and the fans to see these guys struggle mm. or look amateurish. Right, right. And, you know, that's, that's a thing of the past now. Right. Now I think it's – it's and it's a good thing. It's, it's, it's understood – that these guys, you know, don't come into the pros fully formed. They need time to develop. And people, you know, like to be a part of that process rather than just jumping all over, a, a, a you know, a 3-0 guy saying, you know, he's, he's got no jab or, you know, his defense sucks. Or I mean, <laughs> I, it's, I think that's a good thing. Right and, right, right. and, you know, to me, it's it's one of the reasons why I like these apps is that you really get to see all these fights. And Absolutely. you get to see guys. I mean – you know, when I first met you, there were there were in the '90s. You know, we had to trade VHS tapes to see some of these, to see world <laughs> champions. You know, to see these WBO title fights in Germany. There was no YouTube. There was no way to see these guys. Right. And you'd have to. You know, I, I can remember. You know, getting getting autographs. Uh, you know, getting Lennox Lewis's autograph or getting a Seam Rockman's autograph on a Sports Illustrated cover, and then and then trading it. To some guy who had a you know a videotape collection, so I can see some 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 of these fights from Germany and Japan of these of these champions who I really want to see, and you just had no access to it, and it's well, you know, it's, it's a whole there, new era. There, there wasn't you know there wasn't a better example of that than uh, in in October when uh, on the zone. I mean, Eddie Hearn had just signed this kid from New York, and Nikozi Solomon, who was a top amateur here in New York, and they put him on in his debut, and uh, you know. This is a fight you never would have seen, you know, right. years ago. But there he is on, on national TV in his debut. And he just, as soon as he got hit, he absolutely froze. Like, he had no clue once the other guy started punching back. And he ended up, you know, getting, you know, beaten pretty, <laughs> beaten to a pulp. And, uh, you know, it was pretty embarrassing. You, you ready know? to write him off yet? or um, I don't know, man. He's a guy who probably should have stayed in the amateurs for a little while longer. He's definitely lacking in uh, in some basic skills. But, uh, you know. 
but that, like you're saying, I mean, there's nowhere to hide now. I mean, if it's not the zone or ESPN plus it's social media, someone taping but, it and putting it on people, YouTube. I think the fans are understanding of that though. I, I, I don't well, think. Well, listen, yeah, Eddie, Eddie was understanding, you know, like, listen, you know, you know, we'll give you a mulligan on that. It was your first fight. You know, maybe you were nervous, you know, but basically he's like, but if you lose again, we're going to dump you. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All so, right. hey, we spent a lot of time on that. Anyways. Right. Uh, right. Let's, we have to go speed around here, but. Cruiserweights, obviously the story, uh, you know, the cruiserweights. 2018 may have been the, the, the best year in cruiserweight history. Exactly, exactly. It, or, you know, I mean, I, I don't know Holyfield's career chapter and verse, but it, it, if, if not the best, damn near the best, you know, right. or one of the best. But, and, and it was all about Alexander Usyk. Um, three right. huge wins. The fact that he got three in, in, in the year. In January, he beat Maris Bredis. Um and then in the, the, the World Boxing Super Series final, you know, a fight that most people thought was going to be a classic, you know, because the semis were both great fights. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Murad Gassiev, a lot of people, you know, were picking Gassiev to we win pick that. Pick him fight for sure. Yeah. And uh, he just put on an absolute, like, stunner. Just, you know, just completely, you know. Usyk did. Usyk, Usyk did. yeah. Usyk, Usyk just pitched a shutout against Gassiev, right. which I didn't think was possible. And Gassiev looked, like a, Gassiev looked like a killer coming in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he did hurt Usyk in that fight too so it wasn't like he just completely froze but uh amazing win there and then bang turns right around you know and and mind you he fought Bredis in his home country and Gassiev you know against Usyk's will he held out but eventually took the fight in Russia Mm -hmm. and beat him and then he goes to England takes on Tony Ballou who's like red hot off the two wins over David Hay former cruiserweight champ right who didn't lose his title yeah, didn't lose, yeah the didn't lose it in the ring. Yeah, when was when was the last time a guy unified the titles or, or even just a champion not unifying titles fought three got three top ten guys in their home countries right. and won all of them and not just won all of them. There's no there's no controversy in any absolutely, of those. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. And these are, these are I mean, Breedis and Gassiev were at the time he fought them. You know, unbeaten champions. Right. Yeah. I mean, Gassiev was if. You know, Gassett was a number one or number two guy in the division at Absolutely. the time they fought. Breedis wasn't much lower, uh, and and Baloo, you know, hadn't lost in it. I had Baloo in the top ten at heavyweight. I mean, he he knocked out David Hay twice impressively. You know, um, okay, obviously Hay was damaged goods, but still, I mean, right. he was an underdog in both those fights. So so. Uh, you know, did, 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 did Usyk get your vote for fighter of the year? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, for all those reasons. I mean, he was masterful. He fought the very best in his division. You know, kudos, World Boxing Super Series. You know, my beloved right. World Boxing right. Super Series for putting the best against the best. He beat the best. And and, and talking about the and year in the cruiserweight the division. Tough, and then took, like, the best fight he could find and, and smoked, you know, Baloo in that one. So it's hard hard to pick against. And then credit to the World Boxing Super Series. They did the cruiserweight division again. And right. we, we got some more good fights in the, in, in year two. Well, that's – yeah, yeah, go ahead. And, no, and um, you know, Breedis – if you're talking about worst decision of the year, <laughs> Breedis right. over Noel McCallion – yeah. Formerly known as Noel Gavor, <laughs> right. uh, the artist formerly known as Noel Gavor. Yeah, yes. I wonder if uh, Noel Gavor's dad was a a fighter of some note, mm. uh, Corin Gavor. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah. I'm wondering if he had some kind of falling so out. With, yeah, I wonder yeah. if he had some kind of falling out with his dad. I don't know ah. uh, the answer to that, and that's that's why he changed the name. I wow. kind of assume so, but um, he got robbed. 
Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. He got yeah. robbed. Um, I thought he won it by a couple points. I mean, it wasn't the most exciting fight, but British just didn't do anything. I mean, he totally shut Bredis down. Yeah, and that fight was in Chicago, so it wasn't like it was in Bredis' hometown. Right. Shame on the judges. Uh, yeah, they, sure. they missed that one, and, and Bredis is out. Uh, excuse me, McCallion is out of the uh, World Boxing Super Series, and that's, that's a shame. It is. Um, because he also lost a really, really close fight to former champion Christoph Ladarczyk. So, I mean, the guy's right. last two big fights, he was... You know, then on to the yeah, end, I mean, yeah. from his point of view, he got robbed badly. Right. I, I really didn't go round for round with the with the other fight, but you know, two 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 he fought two top guys. Arguably, won both. I mean, I think certainly won the second one and has nothing to show for it. Uh, so that's brutal. That's tough. So so sports fans, you know, keep keep an eye out for him. And yeah, you know. yeah, you got to root for him. You got to root for him. Uh, yeah, and you look at the semis in the second go round. I mean, I wasn't too crazy that they did it, but then you look at the semis and, you know, they're loaded. I mean, you know, Bradis and Glowoski mm-hmm. in, in one of them. And, you know, Dortikos, who, uh, you know, had scored a spectacular knockout the, in, in the first round of the tournament last year and then lost a complete shootout to Gassiev in, in the semis. He's in with Andrew Tabidi, although actually in, the, in in his first fight in in the tournament uh, in 2018, that was a really good fight with him and Masternak. It could have went, you know, that that one went down. Dortico's and Masternak, yeah, Dortico's yeah. And Ma- I mean, Masternak not too long ago was being touted as you know a, a future champion and uh, hasn't worked out for him, but that was a great fight. It you was, know, he, and he and he and Masternak knew that. He might not get too many more chances at the right. top level. He's had a couple of disappointing setbacks right. after being like anointed a future champion, and he, he put his heart and soul into that fight and and really went out like a warrior, and it made for a great fight. Oh, absolutely, and that was an exciting great, fight. Great fight. He gave Dortikos, I think, a lot more than Dortikos expected. Sure, um, and Dortikos has a tough tough fight with Andrew Tabidi, who's you know not the most exciting, a little bit guy. of a different fighter than Masternak, <laughs> yeah. but. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting. Maybe maybe Dortikos has the type of style that that. Makes Tabidi look good because he's a counter puncher, doesn't throw a lot of shots, very selective with his punches, kind of stinks it out. Uh, but Dorticos is going to make him fight. So both of those are great semis, but the problem with this is yeah, why don't you talk about this? Who, this? who does Usyk have to fight? I mean, you know, he's he's he's. He, oh no, I, I that, that's not what I thought you were going to talk about. Uh, Usyk's got. I mean, look, Usyk can move. No, I, well, yeah, he can move the heavyweight, but if he he doesn't have any problem making cruiser. And you know, these guys are engaged. I mean, uh, until the, the the finals, or until maybe the World Boxers. Well, I mean, look, he he out. <laughs> look, if, if you if you want to talk about who's deserving of a fight, Noel McCallion is deserving right, of a that's fight. True. I mean, you know. I think Usyk, I mean, obviously, the people who are in charge of his career, that's not the fight they're looking to make. I mean, they're obviously, yeah, really like, they're, they're, looking, for a a higher, they're yeah. looking for a higher profile fight. I mean, right. it, it, you know, I, I wouldn't say that Usyk is, you know, there's no way he's scared to fight Mikhailian. But I mean, if you're managing Alexander Usyk, you know, you're not looking for, you're, you're not looking for, you know, an, a very solid, underrated guy who nobody right. knows. You're looking for right. a marquee fight right. Who's not to, the most to make someone. I, mean, I, I think he moves up to heavyweight. I mean, he probably will. I mean, you know, there's your boy uh, Dennis Lebedev. No, there. he's not my boy anymore. <laughs> uh, you know, I did you watch his last fight? He fought an American named uh, Wilson. Uh, oh yeah, Mike Spring. Wilson. Who I'm like, whatever happened to Mike Wilson? Great, he was a really good amateur, and then uh, you know he's kind of he's plotted along in his pro career and uh suddenly he's in there with Dennis Lebedev. I was like, well, I mean, he gave some good effort, but you know, um you know, I don't know if you saw the fight. Uh Lebedev did I you see, see the whole fight. Did you see, did you see Emil Khan's last rounds. fight or Kel Brook's last fight? Um I saw I saw I didn't see all of 
uh, any of those fights, but I, the Khan fight, I saw enough that I'm like, wow. They all had the same, all three of those fights kind of had the same pattern. Mm. A, a guy who was really at the top of his game not that long ago, Lebedev, Brooke, and Khan, all three of them, you know, were top, top fighters Absolutely. not that long ago, a lot of skills. And in the case of, of Lebedev, I mean, he's a small cruiserweight with just unbelievable punching power. Um, just, you know, these guys. I don't want to say he struggled because he clearly won the fight, but, you know, this is a guy he would have just walked right through and destroyed a couple of years ago in a couple of rounds. And, you know, right. he Absolutely. he could not polish Wilson off and he let Wilson back in the fight. And Wilson he gave a up a couple of rounds in that fight. Yeah. yeah. And to, to me, you know. There's no point I, in I, the six I, 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 Listen, I, I try to, I try to, listen, Lebedev to me, you know, he's, he's in his upper thirties now. Right. Right. Looks like he's passed it to me, passed his prime, uh, you know, and, uh, I don't. What I don't want to see is, you know, Lebedev lost to Gassiev, and still the WBA continued to recognize him as a, a champion <laughs> or a champion in recess or a super champion. It kind of keeps switching around. And hey, you want to talk about the story of 2018? Uh, the WBA set a new record. They had four champions in the cruiserweight division. At one point, they had a you know super champion, champion, interim champion, and champion in recess all in the cruiserweight division. Right. Well, I think you uh, and I were talking about you were like, isn't isn't Lebedev the super champion? So you know, if if you know, we have like you know the the WBA regular champion unifying, that guy becomes a super champion. They're gonna have to unify the super yeah. championship. And, and we'll talk more about that when we get to 130 pounds. But mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. but. Right, um, right. I don't want to see Lebedev forced in. I don't want to see Usyk forced into fighting Lebedev. I don't think Lebedev has done anything. You know, see, he lost to Gassiev, really hasn't had a serious win since then. I don't, I certainly don't think Usyk should be forced into fighting him at this point. Usyk uh, has earned the right to do whatever he wants for a couple of fights, not be forced into some mis, you know, mandatory. Um, I personally look forward to seeing him, you know, trying his luck in the heavyweight division. It seems like, yeah, the. Without well, question, the most interesting fights for him are at heavyweight. Right? Yeah, yeah, like I said, I don't think the people are dying to see him. You know, outside the McCallion household, <laughs> I don't think too many people are chomping at the bit for that fight. So, just one last thing on on the cruiserweights: um, who do you see winning? Assuming, and again, you know, you've heard the. I mean, you know, you you have ties to to Sauerland. I mean, you know, any inside info on what uh, what's going on with the World Boxing Super Series? I mean. Supposedly, one of the uh, investors in Camosa is is uh, not paying his share, and they've delayed announcing the dates or anything for the semifinals. Yeah, I some don't... guys haven't gotten paid their bonuses from the first round, which I'm just like, no, right, exactly. That World would Box be Super terrible. Series. I mean, yeah. you know, um, we saw uh, the WBC had a, a much smaller level welterweight championship, and that. Uh, t- tournament and that fell Welcome, apart yeah, yeah. Due, you know after the first round because of a lack of funding this would be an absolute tragedy and disaster for boxing I and mean, especially you know in the bantamweight division i mean we'll we can get to that later but oh yeah I mean, absolutely this would, this would be a disaster if those fights i look i don't know any inside information that the, 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 the weird thing to me is too i mean the zones thrown was throwing money around like candy i would think that they they made a fair offer you know and, and are funding you know at least you know some of this for the world boxing super series so it's a little befuddling to me that they're having money problems well you've got four fighters left in three weight classes so that's that's 12 boxers left you know these guys have I'm sure they had to offer these guys a lot of money to sign on sure. the line, especially, you know, champions like, you know, 
you know, we're, we're kind of skipping around divisions here, but, you know, some of these guys were big names and certainly had other options. So to enter into the WBSS, I, I assume they had to, you know, give them some pretty good guarantees right. for, for going on. And um, it's probably tough, you know, especially, um, you know, bantamweight's never been a glamour division in the sport. Uh, I right. think I think you know, this this time they finally got some guys you want to see, but... You know, like when you when you've got a South African fighter, he doesn't bring a lot of economics to the table. Right? Maybe uh, they're not doing so great I, at the gates on you know things. They, they they're probably paying out an awful lot, um, right. and they've spared no expense. You know, they certainly spared no expense with this. So I don't know. They, I mean, like they they continue to put out press releases, and I think hopefully they'll get yeah, this ironed out it on Twitter. Yeah, I, I, you know, uh, first of all, hopefully this year we'll finish. They'll finish this tournament. Because we're guaranteed some great fights. Oh, uh, all all three but, of those just dynamite semifinals. Yeah, I can't wait to see any but, of those. But yeah. even even more, I, I hope they find a way to keep this thing going yes. in future years because Absolutely. it's just it's just it's just limitless. You know, they can go from division to division. They they can keep going. They can keep going with cruiserweight and bantamweight. As far as I'm concerned, yeah, I, I was mean, just like, man, Kala, I'll start a GoFundMe. Dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I'll mortgage the house, dude. Just keep it going. All right, let's get to the light heavyweights. Okay. Um, 2018, excellent year for for light heavyweights. Uh, even though, well, first of all, let's just take a moment. Oh, and sure, sure. Wish yeah. Adonis Stevenson absolutely a full recovery. Uh, you know, yeah. for those of you who don't follow the sport, he uh, uh, fighting fighting Oleksandr Gvadzik and uh, was in some kind of he suffered a traumatic traumatic brain injury and he's was in a medically induced coma. I saw reports. That I'm not 100 percent sure reliable, but there, there were reports from the Russian media, which I'm not sure how they would get the inside scoop over the Canadian media, said he was out of the coma and was talking to his family huh. uh, within the last couple of days. Fake news. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I I don't know. Hope maybe. Yeah, I, I heard thinking. the opposite. I heard that it was so bad. You know, they're they're going to pull the plug and this and that. So there's a lot of rumors flying around, and I think the family was just like, listen, we're not talking. We don't want the doctors to talk. Let's just. I mean, it's hard. I, so let, I, let let us like you know we don't want to be giving updates every five minutes. Yeah. So before we, I mean, we're looking back. I mean, this this really shows you the danger of the sport. I mean, Stevenson is a guy who's been a champion. He's one of the longest reigning champions yeah. in the sport, if not the longest reigning champion. Um, but in recent years, he was criticized for not fighting top-notch opponents. Right. Uh, you know, finally in 2018, he stepped up and gave the fans Absolutely. what he wanted. He fought Badu Jack and he fought Alexander Gvadzik. I mean, maybe those are the two top five. You guys. know, besides besides Usyk, maybe he fought the toughest schedule in the sport. Um, certainly arguable. You know. Yeah, there's a lot of great fights, but it's certainly a light heavyweight. I'd say. And and, and 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 look what happened. So I mean, to yeah, me, to me, the moral of the story is, you know. Before you criticize a boxer oh, for you know for not fighting the best, at least think about you know what the consequences of fighting the best are because there was really no reason to suspect exactly. this would happen. I mean, it wasn't like Stevenson. It was a very competitive fight. It was a competitive and, and fight. Stevenson had just hurt him in the round previous. Right. He hadn't had a lot of punishment in his career. Right. Um, and. He was in there, and I, I just want to say one thing. You know, I, I met Mike Griffin a couple of times, the referee for that fight. I think he's one of the finest referees in yeah, the sport. there's no blame. I, 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 you know, I, I read an article saying he's upset. He's, he I'm can't sure. sleep at night. He's lost sure. 10 pounds. Uh, you know, Mike, if you hear this, it's not your fault. You did a fine job. You stepped in at an appropriate moment. Um, you know, the unfortunate 
thing that uh, the elephant in the room about boxing is that these things are going to happen no matter what. Right. Um, and especially and, in competitive fights with heavy hitting guys, you know, it, it, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it is a fact of life that, 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 that we live with in the sport that we love, but, um, yeah, just very tragic. And yeah, but I mean, listen, you, you, you were involved in the Magomedov, um, lawsuit. I mean, you know, there's Lavender Johnson tragedy too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the people always want to blame somebody, but, uh, you know, on this one, I, I just, I don't see, you know, I don't, I don't think, you know, well, Stevenson had just literally hurt Vosdick in the round before. I mean, his corner wasn't going to stop it, you know, and, 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 you know, Vosdick had just come on. I mean, Stevenson hadn't, you know, been seriously hurt. I mean, he was tired obviously, but um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Absent, absent us finding out that there was a medical issue right. that we didn't know about. Right. I mean, there's just really no one to blame for this. It's right. just an unfortunate fact of the sport and you just have to either not follow the sport right. or just say that, look, these are grown men who assume the risks. They know what they're doing. They know right. the risks and, uh, they, these warriors take these risks to make their lives better for themselves and their family. And, you know, we're going to we're going to accept that and tolerate that. I right. mean, certainly I'm not using that as an excuse to not take every precaution we Absolutely. can to, to, you know, for boxer safety. But I think no matter what you do, it's, you know, it's an inherent risk of the sport. Um, so, you know, we both want to just wish Adonis Stevenson, certainly we'll never see him in a boxing ring again, but, right. you know, hopefully a recovery to where he can live a, a pretty normal life. Absolutely. I mean, we don't know what the real facts are at this time. So Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully the reports out of Russia are true and that he's out of the coma and, and uh, speaking to his family, but we don't know that to be a fact. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, let's go out to his family. So what do you, so where do you think Vajik, uh, where, where do you, how do you rate these champions? You've got, you've got four champions. You've got, uh, You've well, yeah, got, you've got Alir Alvarez who who pulled a big upset. You know, I mean, he finally got his shot at the title. That's right. Even, so we were like, talking about this last year. And <laughs> yeah. China, is it, was it Heyman's fault? Was it his manager's right. fault? Was, was it, the it w- his fault? Was right. it the WBC's fault? Right. I mean, you know, was right. it all the above? And then he gets a shot at the the WBO title and knocks out Kovalev, who was pretty much considered the number one guy, even though he had the the losses to, to Ward. Uh, some people considered Stevenson the number one right. guy. Well, he was the lineal it was, champ. It was, it was tough. Most people thought Stevenson right. tough. It was, it was tough to, to keep sticking with Stevenson <laughs> right. because he had, right. you know, in activity and right. he ducks Kovalev basically. Right. So. so I mean, you've got. Uh, well, why don't we? Why don't you just run down the champions? Sure. So so there's Alvarez who uh, who beat uh, Kovalev uh, in August and, and is headed for a rematch with Kovalev in, in February. Um, you've got Vosdick, the WBC champion now, um, the WBA champ. Bivol had a had Dimitri a Bivol. yeah Dimitri Bivol had a solid 2018. I mean he beat uh, Sullivan Barrera, Isaac Chalemba, Jean Pascal. But you know the hype he had going into to 2018. I think the hype train slowed a little bit because uh, he did stop one of those guys, Barrera. I mean, he dominated all those fights, but he's not like this this right. knockout machine that people thought he was. You know, I mean, I, I give him credit. He fought reasonably hard competition in a, in a division where it's really tough to make the big fights because these guys are— Three of those guys. Well, maybe the, one, one of those guys is, what? of the three is probably was a top-ten guy, and Pascal maybe just outside. I mean, Pascal's going to semi-retire. I, I actually had Pascal <laughs> in my top ten. Just, just I, could, I had him just outside, but yeah, he's kind of semi-retired. Uh, and it's, it's, it's difficult to look good against Chalemba. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a tough fighter to look good against, but um, I would say I can't fault Dimitri Bivol as a boxer, but he certainly, you know, his fights weren't must-see TV. Right, right. Uh, you know, he certainly didn't 
you know, make, didn't electrify. Make a, like, he didn't make a like case. He had right. the previous. Year, he didn't yeah. move. He didn't move his career forward in terms of you know being a pound for pound guy or a must see guy. Right, or, right, right. Um, you know, he'll still have his chances. I mean, he's he's only fifteen and zero as a pro. Right, maybe a he's couple. The of youngest ones. of these guys too at, at twenty eight. I mean, he's not a kid, but he's he's still you know. And I, I think looking this just to to finish up here. Uh, you know, in the light heavyweight division, you've got five guys who are right now head and shoulders above everybody else. You've got the four champs, Kvajic, Bivol, Alir Alvarez, and Better the guy with, and Artur Biterbiev, who we didn't discuss. Who's who they dust, they dusted him off and got him back into action against Callum Johnson. And, uh, you know, he showed his, his power, but he also showed some vulnerability. He got he knocked down in that, that fight. fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's hard. I mean, look, he He's got look. Joe Smith coming up in February. So. Okay. And where's that fight? Don't, um, don't mean to put you on the spot. I Sorry, I don't know that either. Yeah, I, I, I mean, off the top of my head, I, I don't have. I would, I would hope it's in New York because Joe Smith is, is a bit of a draw here. But, but uh, rounding out the top five or the top six is, is you know, look, you still have to consider Kovalev up there. Yeah, and also Badu Jack had the draw with, had the draw with Adonis Stevenson. So I was Stevenson. So I think those those six guys are clearly head and shoulders above everybody else. Well, interesting how this played out, though, because, I mean, basically, you know, Jack and Brown are, were like one – are one and they're still one and two in, in the BC and, and, and the BA. And the WBC had ordered the winner of Stevenson and Bosdick to, to fight Badu Jack. Um, and I would assume if Stevenson had won the fight that he would have fought Badu Jack. But because Bosdick being a top-ranked fighter mm-hmm. and, you know, Al – you know, kind of take, you know, having options. Al Heyman. Al Heyman. Yep. Decided, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to take that fight. I'm not going to risk Badu Jack with the uh, Vosdick. I'm going to have him fight Marcus Brown. And now they're going to fight for the, uh, the interim WBA title, right. um, which would put them in the line of sights of B-Ball. But, you know, uh, assuming, you know, I mean, B-Ball is like a, a network free agent now that HBO is out. So I, you know, I honestly see them kind of taking their ball and 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 you know and going home with with the winner of that fight. I don't see them taking on B-ball unless they have to. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, but you're right. I mean, you've got you've got you know you know what five, six, seven guys who who are who are really interesting. And you had said you'd heard a rumor that the World Boxing Super Series was going to do that division. That that didn't turn out. Uh, would have been a good. Would have been it would have been amazing. It would have been amazing. But you know who comes out of that scrum? That that that's really interesting. I mean, a who do you who do you think is going to win the rematch? Uh, Alvarez and uh, Kovalev. I'd have to go with Alvarez at this point. I yeah. think I think Kovalev is, you know, on the decline. Um, you know, I can't remember his trainer's name but i um it's a long russian name it wasn't a it wasn't a top flight trainer in my opinion i don't know the guy right, personally and i could right. be wrong about that <laughs> certainly didn't have a reputation of being a top trainer um you know kovalev seems to be um an abrasive difficult guy i mean certainly <laughs> you know the the level of buddy mcgurt now I think uh, that's right He's switched to Buddy now. Okay, okay. But not for that fight, but yeah. Okay, uh, but but I mean the the level of rancor he had with John David Jackson after that fight—that's something you rarely that's see. Ugly, yeah. That's something you rarely see between a boxer and a, even a former trainer. I mean, usually there's a level of respect and whatever whatever disputes guys have stay stay in house. And um, I think that you know he he's on the decline. Uh, you know. He's at this point in his career. I don't know how hard he's. I don't know how hard Buddy's going to push him. Right. Um, he's certainly not 
known for as a disciplinary. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you probably know that as well as anybody, or as well as yeah, any manager. You know what? Uh, but Buddy's a guy who he expects you to come to the gym and be a professional. And and, and I like Buddy. I'm not putting Buddy down. Oh, Buddy, He's a great has person. Done and forgotten more about boxing than we'll ever know. Um, believe me, I, I have firsthand knowledge of that. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, listen, if Kovalev is coming there, willing to work and, and and listen to Buddy, I think Buddy could definitely improve him. But I think my, my my point being that I don't know how well he's going to take advice and 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 be willing to make the adjustments that That's he needs. Been the to reputation, make. yeah, yes. that he's kind of just trained himself. Um, so yeah, well, I guess you know you. The question is, you know, who's going to come out of the scrum? I mean, Alvarez, Vazdik, Bivol, better be a Badu Jack. I mean, yeah. who? Uh, I, I think it's. I, I mean, to me, Vazdik looks like the best guy right now. You think I mean, so? Okay, I think okay. so. I mean, listen. B2BF seems to be having disputes with his promoter, and that's keeping him from being active. Yeah, you know, he got knocked down by a guy who's not a top ten guy. Right. Cal so Johnson. it's it's hard to. Well, Cal Johnson can punch. Yeah, one thing he can do. Based on that, I think it's it's hard just it's hard for me to say Peter BF is is the best guy in there. You know, but do Jack still could be? Um, Badu Jack is going to make any fight close. That that much we know. Yeah, and and certainly (laughs) Leader Alvarez. I mean, you know, the guy hasn't lost yet, and he's beaten some. Even before Kovalev, he was on a decent one. And and Pascal. Yeah, Yeah, he's got some great wins. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, until they fight each other, you know, it, it, it's really hard to pick one over the other. I guess Bosdick is now the lineal champion, right? Sure. Um, so, you know, I can see why you rate him number one. Um, yeah, you, you know, I can't even predict if any of these guys are going to fight each other, right? It I certainly mean, doesn't look that way. It yeah. looks like it's going to – this. It I mean, looks like Michelle has a piece of better Bia, but they've been litigating. It doesn't seem like better Bia. He only fights when he has a mandatory. Although, you know, they got him this – he's got that three-fight deal with, with the zone and um, he's on his second fight now with Joe Smith. Yeah. The guy I want to talk about who's got a chance to really break into this is, uh, is Yard. Anthony Yard, Yeah. Every time I've seen him, I mean, he's just so strong. He's just so intuitive. Didn't have a big amateur career, but really fun fighter to watch. But, you know, he's with Frank Warren. And Frank Warren is like one of the more deliberate. I mean, he, I'm not going to argue with Frank Warren. He, always, he tends to be right. I mean, he, he did a great job with Ricky Hatton and Joe Calzaghe of protecting them, you know, to, to the detriment of their reputations. But then when they took the big fights, they won the big fights. Well, Ricky to a point. You know, he didn't, didn't beat Mayweather and... Pacquiao was a bridge too far, but but Kostyzu, yeah, great pick, you know, great pick, and and hey, Ricky wanted to be great, he took on Mayweather and Pacquiao, you know, more power to and him. I beat some other champions too, and that was actually after he left Frank Warren, right? Yeah, <laughs> yep. made the money, right? So uh, so yeah, you know, I mean, I, I I trust Frank Warren to to do the right things with Yard. Yard's actually the the, the mandatory in the BO, so um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they actually. Uh, let him uh, fight the winner of uh, Alvarez Kovalev, or, or well, I, marinate, let him marinate a little. Look, bit. I think with these, with these, the number of champions out there, and they're all in different networks. Someone's going to have to fight. Someone not have to. Someone's going to want to fight Yard, right? Because he does bring something to the table. He brings the British market. You know, Warren. Warren seems to be doing a lot of business with Top Rank and getting his guys on ESPN Plus. And I mean, if so I think between him and Better BF, oh my God, that would be. I mean, I'd like to. See, I'd like to see him fight any of the champions at this <laughs> yeah. point. If you're asking me, you know, of the guys without a belt, I mean, Badu Jack doesn't have a belt. Um, right. But other than that, I mean, that that's the guy I'd most like to see in the mix there. Yeah, um, sure. I, you know, I, I can't. 
I can't put him up there yet because he hasn't really had like a defining win yet or, or a real top yeah, guy. But he's, he's, he's pushing him. Warren's he's, taking it slow with him. I mean, he's fought decent opposition, but nobody. He's bringing him along the right way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so I can't quite put him in the top six or seven yet, but right. he's the guy I really most want to see. You know, right. he's, he's he the looks most like interesting he's, guy. He's got that type of talent to uh, to challenge those guys. Another guy, though, uh, you know, one other prospect I want to mention who I, every time I see him, I just love watching Joshua Boatsy. Yeah, um, from from Great Britain. You know, I don't have my notes. He's got a good fight coming up, doesn't he? This is it this week. He's fighting this week, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's going to get a test from a, from an Aussie, uh, Reynold uh, Quinlan. Right. Reynold Quinlan, uh, the guy who shot was it Anthony Mundine? No, it was a Dan, Daniel sorry, Gill. Sorry, that's right. That's he right. Uh, he shocked him and ended his career. I should know better than to presume to know more about Australian <laughs> boxing than you. We also fought Damian Hooper, who was an Olympian. And uh, Hooper was considered a heck of a prospect. He lost to Hooper, but he dropped him twice. So, you know, Quinlan is definitely a hell of a test for a guy with eight fights. Yeah, I mean, a, a, <laughs> maybe not a top guy, but certainly a gatekeeper. Yeah, and, and, and a very dangerous gatekeeper, yeah. like a Darnell Boone type. And that's uh, just, that's this, that's tomorrow. That's this weekend. I believe like. so. we yes. got a great weekend of boxing. I can't, yeah. rem- I can't ever remember a year where the week before Christmas – You've got so much. I mean, there are three really good cards. Yeah. Well, know? I mean, if anything, 2008, especially this, when it's usually dead this time of year. Yeah, You exactly. know, like football season. I mean, DAZN has really stepped it up, you know, and, and ESPN, you know, they, they, they're they putting on a ton of fights, too. So, um, you know, the boxing fan has won in, in 2018. That, that much I'll say. Okay. Should we, should we move on to 168? Yeah, or? Let's definitely move on to okay. 168. Did, so. did you see Gilberto Ramirez's last fight? I, you know, again, I didn't see the entire thing. I watched uh, about five or six rounds of it, I'd say. I didn't, didn't watch the whole thing because I just, you know, I only have so much time in the day. But, uh, you know, it, it, he, it's, he fought, you know, for those who don't know, we fought Jesse Hart. Yeah. Rematch. So what, what, did, what did you think of that fight? Uh, you know, I was, I came in as a Gilberto Ramirez hater. Uh, <laughs> not, not because he's a bad fighter, um, but because I was a, a little frustrated that, you know, he was the one guy who didn't join the, the, oh, the, the World, World Boxing, boxing Super, Super Series. Yeah, me and, he, and, and, you know, and you, we've both been around the boxing business to know that might not be his doing. Right. Um, I mean, I'm certainly sure that he's, he's probably sitting there looking and at... And no top-ranked fighter has ever been in the World Right. And so, so it, you know, maybe it wasn't... It pro- I mean, you want to say it probably wasn't his choice. Right. Um, but it's frustrating that he wasn't in it. Yeah. Um, and, and he's got to be frustrated too, seeing all these these great fights. You know, uh, you know, Callum Smith. For those of you who've not been following it, Callum Smith emerged as as the hero in 2018. That's yeah, right. He finally um, had the finals. But, but we're talking about Gilberto Ramirez, and he, and also you know the fact that he wasn't in the WBSS, and he had the you know they hyped him up so much, and he just barely beat Hart in the first fight. Right. Uh, so I came in there prepared to rooting for Hart and. Really, a little bit of a, a, a Zerto Ramirez hater. Um, I watched the fight, and I came away with newfound respect for him. Mm. Uh, it was a very close fight. He he, he won. Um, I thought he won a bunch of the, the early rounds, and I thought, like, you know, Hart just wasn't engaging. So I was just like, uh, you know, this one looks like it's it's going to be a pretty easy fight for Ramirez. <laughs> yeah, but it, I think it, it didn't turn out that way. But for those of you who didn't see the fight, you know, um, he hurt his hand. Mm. Uh, Ramirez hurt his hand and really couldn't throw a left. Mm. And uh, did you see the fight or not? Well, I took. I saw like maybe the first five, six rounds. Okay. and I just thought, you know, well, he he stopped throwing. Repetitive. He stopped throwing his left around the ninth round, and and Hart really came on strong. Maybe even the eighth round, and Hart really came on strong. And it looked like he was he had all the momentum. And as they went into the last round, it it looked like you know we were ready to hear and the new champion, and uh, you know Hart is a determined guy. 
I mean, he really felt wrong by this. He worked really hard to get the rematch. Um, you know, was going to do did everything in his power to, you know, fulfill both his legacy and his dad's legacy, sure. and and, and become story, world champion. Yeah. And and Ramirez came out and with one hand just pummeled him in the twelfth round. It was really wow. <laughs> a, a, a newfound respect for Gilberto Ramirez. I mm. mean, you want to tell me you want to go back and, and score round for round, tell me he didn't deserve to win? I'll say maybe. But just the the effort he put forth in that twelfth round, and he threw the left hand a little bit, mm. not with any. Uh, not not with any real power because it was, right. it, it was obviously hurt. Right. But he was he was throwing his bad hand to keep the guy and he just pummeled hard over mm. and over with the right hand. Wow. And just really newfound respect for him. And um, you know, I'm looking at ESPN's rankings and they've got him one. I've got Callum Smith first. Yeah. I don't see how you can not in the tournament. And, and now that I mean, I had Groves number one, and and Groves, you know, then beat. Eubank in the tournament, which you know, you and I both thought Eubank would would win, would win that fight. So I definitely had Groves number one. And then when Callum Smith beat him so decisively, I'm just like, you know, listen, you know, and who's Ramirez beating? You know, I mean, he beat Jesse Hart, who's solid, but Jesse Hart I wouldn't consider a top five fighter. He's barely a top ten fighter. I, I, I well, I think now he's got to be a top ten fighter. He's had two really close fights with the yeah. with the you know with one of the champions, right? Um, but. Um, like I said, just the the way it played out, I have newfound respect for Ramirez. But Smith is Smith to me is the guy. Uh, he doesn't really have a fight planned yet, though, so we don't really, right, we don't really right. know what his story what's, is for. What's really interesting, I guess, you know, I mean, in all honesty, yeah, one sixty eight was a little bit of a other than the, the the Smith and Groves fight, it was a little bit of a, a down year because Ramirez, without the World Boxing Super Series guys, had some pretty mediocre opponents other than Jesse Hart on mm-hmm. uh, on ESPN, even though he got you know. Three defenses in. He had uh, two pretty nondescript ones against sure. one guy who only had five wins over guys with winning records. You know, David Benavides, who's a very exciting fighter, but then he tested positive for a co- cocaine. He, he really shot himself in the foot this year. I mean, first he, he shot himself in the foot. Well, more than that. The I mean, foot? but also, like, you know, he, he was with Samson Lukowicz, and Samson Lukowicz did a phenomenal job oh, with him. Yeah, there was that And, you know, he, he left Samson for a while, tried and he, came, to, yeah. he tried to, and he came back to him, and Samson, to his credit, you know, Samson Lukowicz, I have a ton of respect for him right. as, a, as both an eye for talent and a, a, a guy who knows. He's a scrapper, yeah. I, I mean, so, you know, it was really shocking to see Benavides leave him. Lukowicz, to his credit, welcomed the kid back, said, you know, look, it's not his fault. Somebody just waved a pile of money under his nose and he took it. He's a young kid. Samson took him back and, you know, no good deed goes unpunished. Benavides Somebody waved something else under his nose, exactly. apparently, yes, yes. Exactly. And uh, so he really lost some precious time in his career. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. This, this, is, this is, you know, the, the more I look at it, the, the super middleweight division is a really frustrating division. We we did have the Super Series, which was great. Um, nobody, you know, PBC and the top rank ignored it, though, unfortunately, and they had a lot, a lot of good fighters. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, James DeGale, another guy who really just kind of shot himself in the foot here. Yeah. I mean, just, just, just took all the momentum. And he did the thing that you hate. He gave up yes. his title for no good reason. Well, I mean, I guess he, he just felt like he couldn't beat uh, Uskateki, maybe. I don't know. But, but make, make another fight then. Move up. Move down. Make a fight. he's I mean, going to fight Chris Eubank in, in, in England, and I think that's one of the a big reasons. Well, not the big reason. I mean, PBC just did a deal with ITV. So they they have a big TV deal in England, and I think that's going to be one of the future fights. It's going to be DeGale and uh, and Eubank. Yeah, okay, but I mean that deal just came down in the last couple of weeks, so you can't sit here and tell me that, that DeGale knew, knew that, that was happening when he gave up his title. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, 
maybe the Eubank fight was there, but I, you know, obviously the TV deal. Well, oh, I mean, it's 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 been months now. He's no he's no kid. So I mean, you know, look, R- R- Ramirez didn't have a great year. Uskategi, I mean, had a good year. He won the title, but title, his, his last fight wasn't so spectacular. I mean, then Plant, you know, gets hurt, so he ends up taking a non-title fight, and now you know now the Plant fight is going to happen in uh, January. You know, and Plant is, I mean. It's not the most deserving contender, I don't think. I yeah, mean, I, I have him like lower down in the top twenty-five. I have definitely not. Seems put like him a nice guy. He's are well-spoken. Yeah, you know, he's like a fair boxer. You know, he's decent. But yeah, I, I don't see him. You know, and we still got Anthony Durrell hanging around, and well, yeah, Durrell and, and Avni Yildrum, who who Eubank almost took his head off in the World Boxing Super Series. Those guys are going. I mean, but he's come back and had a bunch of wins. Nothing. Who has Yildrum? Yeah. I mean, not nothing big, but he's he's gotten some wins, and he's going to fight Durrell for the vacant uh, BC title. I assume Benavides will fight the winner when. when he yeah, comes back. I mean, again, it's, it's really I mean, like fighting for the number one contender. I, I know, but I mean, again, this is these aren't fights that these aren't fights that you're dying to see. Exactly. It, it, the, the only thing that moves the needle in this division is the fact that Canelo came up and fought at 168 against Rocky Fielding, and and then there's talk that he might fight Callum Smith. That's an interesting fight. That would be a great fight. Yeah. And first of all, I got to give you my pet peeve. I, I, anybody, any writer or website that calls Canelo Alvarez a three division champion, <laughs> it, it should, it should, you lose all my respect. Right. You should you should lose your you should lose your First Amendment rights. <laughs> you, you know, I mean that's just, it's a fraud. I mean Rocky Fielding, uh, nice guy. Um, Seems like a nice, genuine guy, but oh, that was awful to watch. It was I mean, it was, was embarrassing. I was embarrassing. I was embarrassed for Fielding. Yeah, and and look for those of you you know look if you don't look beneath the surface, that fight was billed for the WBA. Championship. It was the regular or secondary regular. title. Count Smith is the WBA champion uh, and the super champion. Um, and just little little personal tidbit. Uh, so a buddy of mine uh, is a big soccer fan, and the the day after the Canelo Alvarez Rocky Fielding debacle, he went down to a bar downtown to watch some British uh, soccer matches, and Rocky Fielding was there with his family. Get out of here! Wow. Uh, you know, if it was me. I mean, I'm not a fighter, but if it was me, I, I would not be outside. I would be staying in my hotel room. I, you know, he fielding again, nice guy. Uh, you know, just simply not on the level of Canelo Alvarez, not even close. Yeah. I think you could almost see it if you were, you, you saw the fight. I'm sure. Yeah, I was there. And, and uh, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but I mean, after fielding, after the fight was over, fielding just kind of had a smile on his face. Like when not, he got knocked down, he had a smile on not, his face. But I, I mean, but, but I think the <laughs> Does smile. That be there? Uh, listen, I'm not questioning his effort. I'm not questioning his integrity. But to me, my my take on that smile was a smile of relief. That he probably knew all probably knew all along he couldn't Absolutely. compete. He knew he wasn't and, he, and, he, and he was relieved that he made it through the fight without getting seriously hurt. Right. So I, I don't blame him. Um, I certainly blame anybody who promotes this as a world title fight. Mm. Uh, you know, Alvarez Canelo got a gimme in his right. first fight on his own. Right. Um, I, I guess we'll we'll deal with him in the middleweight division. Um, you know. But but Rocky Fielding next day was watching watching soccer out there. You know, didn't didn't well, seem, you know, to, be, didn't seem to be too upset. Okay, I mean, <laughs> he got paid. You know, he got he got a chance to fight in Madison Square Garden against one of the greatest fighters in the world. 
Didn't get you know beat up too badly, you know. I'd, I'd be a little embarrassed. Good for, good for you, Rocky Fielding. Yeah, but yeah, I'd let, be a little zone, Eddie Hearn, let's not see Canelo Golden Boy. Let's not see too many more of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll, we'll, I'm willing to give Canelo a gimme on that one. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, two fights in a row. GGG. Right, and, and and this one wasn't all that much, all that all that many months afterwards. Just, you know, yeah. a few months afterwards. So Three okay, yeah, it's that, a turnaround. It, it's all right. I, I can't imagine, you know, how DAZN got their money back on that, but. <laughs> I mean, well, they were hoping that it drove a ton of subscription. It probably did drive. This some. would have been like a low-level pay-per-view, maybe two fifty, three hundred thousand, because that's what he did when he fought uh, uh, the other uh, one of the Smith brothers, right? I'm always I always forget their name. Yeah, there's about five of them. But, <laughs> um, yeah, but um, so yeah, I mean, I think at one sixty-eight. Listen, it's only it's Liam Smith he fought, by the way. There you go. There you go. Because then there's also I, Liam. I was like, then there's also Liam. Chunky. The only re- yeah, but the, the only reason I remember Liam no, Smith no, is because he's the gals. He's constantly fighting Liam Williams in, for the <laughs> right, British title. Right. And it's like if if if, if you for know the Liam champion, if you could, great right, if you could tell the difference between Liam Smith and Liam Williams, and you're not British, you know, you're spending too much time <laughs> watching boxing. Sorry, and you know. So yeah, I mean, listen, it, it, 168 is interesting if Canelo fights Cal Smith, or maybe if Smith fights Ramirez. Well, other than that, it's or maybe if GGG steps up and fights either of those guys. But between yeah, uh, the uh, other champs, I don't know. I mean, it really sucks to David Benavides because he, he he looked like kind of the more exciting guy uh, in that division and uh, yeah. on ice right now. But yeah, let's get to the middleweights. Um, uh, obviously, the biggest fight in, in, in 2018 was uh, the rematch of Triple G and Canelo. A um, lot of controversy with the, uh, you know, the, the positive test putting the fight off, and that's set into motion a uh, chain of events where, you know, Golovkin has to take a last-minute fight, then, you know, Derevianchenko pipes up, and now all of a sudden there's a fight as to whether he's going to get stripped of his title. Um, he does get stripped, he did of, get his stripped of his title. He did get stripped of his title. And, you know, then the fight goes on. There was that negotiation that went down to the last minute. And it was supposed to be off, and then 10 minutes later it was done. Which fight now? This is Canelo uh, GGG. Remember, yeah. GGG was yeah, holding yeah. out for 45%. Yeah. Oscar said he would not pay it to him, and then he paid it to him. But it turned out to be the right move, you know. I mean, you can't let that fight not happen. And then uh, and Canelo won a controversial decision. Right. Um, most people acknowledge that it was closer than the first fight, but the, the consensus seemed to be that uh, that uh, GGG won it or that it was a draw. I scored it seven rounds to five for, for Golovkin, uh, acknowledging that, you know, one round, at least one round was really difficult. There was not a lot of action. I can't remember if it was the second or third round, but there was one round in there where there really wasn't that much action. And if you if you flip, I gave it to Golovkin, and if you flip that round, then it's a 6-6 six, six draw. So I, I can't complain. Although, look, on my scorecard, Golovkin won both fights. Right. And got saddled with a you know oh one. He doesn't have a win in either one. He got oh one and one and and you know he's a guy you know if Canelo had gotten the short end of the decision he'd have enough leverage to really dictate his next fight. Right. And now you know Golovkin doesn't have the fan base, doesn't quite have the promotional muscle. Uh, You know Tom Loeffler's a good promoter, um, certainly a player, but not of the level of Golden Boy even. Um, So Golovkin's got to figure out his next move, and it's not an easy one. Well, but at the same time, it, 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 there couldn't be a better time to be a free agent, you know, a, an A-level fighter um, than now. You've got like, you know, three major entities flush with cash, all of whom, you know, desperately want you on their network. So um, Triple G has said he'll make the decision on, uh, as to which network he's going to sign with. Um, and again, this is a fallout from HBO getting out of boxing. Um, and he says he's going to make the decision before Christmas. 
So, uh, you know, and, and it's, you know, there are a lot of people waiting on that decision. Obviously, Canelo is. Well, you don't know if Canelo's waiting on a decision. Canelo might feel like he's in the driver's seat. He probably is in the driver's Maybe. seat. Maybe. Danny I mean, Jacobs certainly the, the, is. That's the, I mean, Sergei that's, Derevianchenko certainly right, is. That's, I mean, the talk seems to be that for 2019, the Cinco de Mayo fight that Alvarez kind of has on lockdown, he's got the date on lockdown. Well, and of course it, it, seems like, it seems like the talk is going to be right now that, that he's going to fight Jacobs. Be a great fight. I don't think any boxing fan would be upset with that fight. Right. I mean, I kind of feel like Golovkin deserves the fight mm. more than Jacobs, but you know, certainly no one would. Uh, you really couldn't if Alvarez elected to fight Jacobs instead of Golovkin. You you certainly couldn't say Alvarez. You know, accuse him of looking for a soft touch. Right. Uh, Danny Jacobs is a, you know a guy in his prime who's got a you know a belt and belt or not he's a, a top fighter i mean he, he gave golovkin hell right. some people thought he deserved that fight right so i mean if if, if golovkin's a number one contender you know putting belts aside if, if alvarez is a champion and golovkin's a number one contender jacobs is a number two contender at worst. yeah so so no one no one no one in boxing is going to be upset and i think most people would actually be happy that jacobs you know being such a good guy got the fight but it's interesting you're saying he's issuing, but Oscar's saying, no, it's not going to be Jacobs, and, and it might not necessarily be Golovkin. Well, humor me. So so if if we're talking about the middleweight division now, and, and we know Alvarez will have options at 100. Assuming it's at middleweight, though, yeah. Well, well, let's, well, okay, put the weight class aside. Let's, let's say, let's say Canelo agrees to fight Jacobs, either for the middleweight championship of the world or for the WBA regular super middleweight title, whatever it is. What's, what do you do if you're Golovkin? Oh, what do you do if you're Golovkin? Yeah, what do you do if you're Golovkin? Where do you sign? You're saying? Who, who do you fight? Well, what do you go? What do you do? They, you're Golovkin's manager. If you if you know that that's already made, if they if they well, Golovkin's already saying too. He's done with Canelo. He doesn't want to have Canelo. I mean, I, I think with you know what's interesting is that people made the assumption that Jacobs was going to be on DAZN, right? And because he's with Eddie Hearn, but I think his contract is up with Eddie Hearn, so he could go back to the PBC. You know, and, and fight on Fox and 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 Showtime, and Derevianchenko as well. Derevianchenko is is signed to Al Heyman, um, but he's you know signed to Ludabella as well, who's kind of a, a free agent. So it's interesting, you know. But Kurt, you didn't answer my question. What? Who does Golovkin? Where, where's fight? Golovkin going to go if Canelo fights Jacobs? Well, he's got options. He could step up to one sixty eight and fight Gilberto Ramirez. That's a hell of a fight, you know. He could go for a, a, a title in another division. He could fight Callum Smith if he wanted to do that. Go to the zone. Um, he could fight Demetrius Andre and and get the BO title that he's never had at middleweight. At middleweight. At middleweight. At middle. He'd go back to middleweight. Uh, you know. It wasn't all that long ago that Golovkin was saying things like, you know, I can still make 154. <laughs> he hasn't said that recently, but right. I don't think anybody is going to sit here and tell you that, um, you know, he's a natural super middleweight. Right. He, I mean, clearly going up to 168, I, I don't think would – maybe his best economic option, I don't think it would be his best option as a as a fighter. I mean, I think he's not a – He's he's just not a big middleweight. He seems slight, right? He doesn't seem like he's he's big at middleweight. Yeah, he seems comfortable at middleweight. But I mean, these are these are things that have been thrown around. Look, I mean, I'm a big Golovkin fan. I don't want yeah. to see him move up just for a payday and get and get smashed. And I'm not. Saying I don't he, think that's going to happen. I think. I mean, you, I don't know. Who would you make a favorite between Callum Smith and Golovkin? I don't know. I mean, listen, Callum Smith blew out. Rocky Fielding in one round, so you yeah. can't really he, judge people, it up for that. And, and, and nobody seems to mention that when they're talking about Alvarez as a three-division champion. I'm glad you brought that up. 
I mean, you know, it wasn't it's all that funny, long though. Callum Smith, ago. though, I mean, he hadn't really looked that spectacular in the World Boxing Super Series until he fought Groves. When he fought Groves, I mean, he looked sharp as hell. But when, you know, the, in, in his first round... Well, didn't, didn't Callum Smith fight Skoglund, Eric Skoglund? Yeah. I, well, I mean, you say he didn't look that good at... Well, he dropped Scoglin. Scoglin, like months later, was like you know injured. Scoglin's never going to fight again. I He's mean, never he going to fight again. He ended his career. Well, maybe. I mean, maybe it's possible that, that that that's the fight that did it. But it wasn't like he got he was injured right after the fight. It was months later when he was training. He was injured, but okay, could could be the residual from that fight. But I mean, listen, I mean, Scoglin got rounds off. Well, maybe the guy entered the, the the World Super Series of Boxing. I mean, to fight the best, and you're saying, well, he never looked that well, good. Well, but well, 168 was. was I mean, Scoglin was not rated. At, I mean, he wasn't even rated light heavyweight. I mean, that that, that was yeah. like a. You know, he was just kind of a wild card in there. And then he fought Nicky Holtzen, you know. Um, who was on short notice. On short notice. Um, but he was he's, he's your kickboxer who <laughs> turned boxer type guy. I, I, so, and then he went to distance with him. It was a boring fight. So, you know, a lot of people were kind of like, you know, does he beat George Groves? Well, he beat George Groves very impressively. But, you know, Golovkin, I mean, you know, listen. I mean, I can't let you go on that. I can't give you a pass on that. I have a tough time saying anything bad about Callum Smith. I mean, you said it before. He he blew out Rocky Fielding in one round. It took he Canelo he, three. He, he, he was considered he, a really he, hot he, prospect he, coming into the tournament. And and the fight with, with Holtzkin, I mean, that was on very short notice. He certainly didn't have time to prepare for short Shorter notice for Holtzkin. Well, Holtzkin <laughs> had a fight. He was training for a fight. Yeah, well, maybe on the undercard or something, but... Yeah, or I don't even know if it was on. Yeah, they, no, they probably was, had him as a replacement. He, he was training. He was training for. I'm just saying. He, listen, you you. He clearly won the fight. Nobody's sitting yeah, here he saying that fight, folks can beat him. Like, he didn't look great because he hey, fought. He fought a difficult guy. No, he didn't he fight fought, difficult. He, he fought a very tri- defensive fight. He fought a very like safety first kind of but, fight. But it's a different mentality. Also, you, you have to acknowledge when you're in a tournament, it's a different mentality. You know, I mean, you want to get to the finals. So, yeah, but I mean, you don't. don't, don't There's less that. pressure to look great. I don't great. buy that. I don't buy that. No, okay. I don't buy that because no one else treats it that way. I mean, you know, you had Dorticos didn't treat it that way. You know, he didn't well, fight his semifinal like that. And he well, I think well, Mateus Masternak forced him not to fight it that way. I mean, no, no, no. That was quarterfinals. I'm, I'm talking about the semis when he fought Gassiev. Okay. I mean, and, and in the quarterfinals. I mean, I, I don't know. Anyway, I, I mean, I, you know, he, he had been kind of mediocre for two fights, and then and then he looked great against Groves, but. I think Triple G is a very skilled fighter. I don't think he's going to be overwhelmed by anybody. Um, you know, Smith might be too big for him. Maybe Ramirez is too big for him. But I certainly wouldn't count him out in those fights. Yeah. Uh, the other guy, uh, we're talking about Alvarez. He, he could wind up fighting Lemieux. David Lemieux. The Canadian, nah, the Canadian well, middleweight. I, maybe, just, it, maybe at 68. Yeah, exactly. And he just <laughs> failed to make weight for this week. So right. he's moving up to 168. They've got the same promoter, Golden right. Boy. That, that and, they, and they've been talked about in the past. Um, right. They've been talked about in the past as, as, as potential. And that, it's kind of my theory is that, listen, Golden Boy got this big deal. They're on the zone. They don't want to kill the Golden Goose. Exactly. So they, they don't want to put exactly. him in too tough. He's an 11 so, fight deal. You don't want to put him right... Second fight in there with a killer. I mean, I, I don't know how DeZone would accept these kind of fights. I, I, I mean, not, you, you're getting, you know, that's definitely better than Fielding. You know? He's better than Fielding. You're paying him, what, $20, $30 million a fight if you believe you're everything? Paying him like 30, yeah, $33 million. You know, fight Dave Lemieux. I, yeah. Good work if you can get it, baby. Yeah. So anyway, we're, we're middleweight, and, and I'm going to repeat what we said last year. Can you just maybe cue up the the what I said last year about uh, uh, about Jamal Charlo? 
We're still sitting here waiting for Jamal Cho to have a big fight. The guy gave up his title, and still, you know, a year and a half ago, he still hasn't had a big fight. Yeah. And, uh... Well, that, you know, I mean, I think that's the reason why uh, PBC, you know, was was going hard at Golovkin. I mean, you know, Charlo's got nobody to fight over there, unless they can bring Danny Jacobs back. I mean, that would be a great fight, Charlo and Jacobs, but... But Jacob's like, I want the big money. Jacob, he's touching M's, baby. <laughs> I want to touch some He's M's. touching M's. I want, I want Canelo, baby. Um, but but uh, Jamal Charles fighting Matt Vekorobov. Yes. Uh, one time considered one of the top prospects in the Absolutely. sports. Absolutely. Um, former amateur world champ. Former amateur world champ at, at, at one point uh, was dominating Andy Lee and seemed on the verge of, of, of winning a champion. Yeah. And uh, one yeah. punch. One punch kind of turned his whole life around, and he hasn't really. He hasn't. I mean, that's his only loss, well, his, I think. And yeah, his his whole pro career has been baffling because he's a guy who had a crazy, you know, amateur pedigree. But he's always just kind of, you know, he's not taking big fights. He kind of was developing really slowly, and it was just. I think Top Rank dumped him because they just got frustrated with him. Then he eventually does land. Well, what should have been Kid Chocolate. He was the uh, mandatory for Kid Chocolate. Kid Chocolate, you know, even though there was a huge purse bid won by Rock Nation, if you remember, you know, Heyman took him out of that fight. Didn't want to take a chance. And I'm sure when he watched Andy Lee knock him out, he went, "Shit!" Right. <laughs> I just gave up a title. Oh, we're allowed to curse on this podcast. Yeah. You All curse. right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, what do you think? You think Carlos got a chance against Charlo? I mean. You'd like to think a guy with that much amateur pedigree, and he was he was him, training for a fight on the card. Yeah, would would give him a good fight. Just the inactivity. I think the last fight he had, he weighed like one seventy five too, and he that was his first fight in like over a year. Right. Um, it's hard to see a guy like that, you know, kind of dust himself off and then beat Jamal Charlo. But stranger things, he, he does have the skills. Yeah, at, at some point he had the skills in right, his career. Right, right, and, maybe you pull a Tyson Fury, and, and, and he really has. A, he, it's, it's, it's not like he has a bunch of losses. Just one, yeah. Um, and then, then there's the WBO champion, uh, Demetrius Andrade. Um, this guy's a, another guy who's just – he's got all the skills in the world. Just a, just a disappointing career so far. I mean he's just – he has not had a great fight. And maybe he's been avoided for times, but I think he's overpriced himself. He's overrated his value. And I mean, did you see who he's fighting next? Yeah, he's fighting Artur Akabov, who yeah. uh, actually uh, gave uh, a comebacking uh, Billy Joe Saunders a very good fight. It was a close fight, although it was a boring I, fight. I think <laughs> most people attributed that to Saunders not yeah, training just, exactly. rather than any particular exactly. uh, skill on yeah, Akabov, this is not a Akabov's fight I'm, part. I'm looking forward that's to. That's Lou DiBella's guy, Akabov. So, uh, Akabov has Akabov? I think so. So, Lou, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but that's not a fight I want to see. <laughs> Yeah, you know. I don't know how how well they're gonna fill out the the theater. I don't know. Hopefully, they'll have a good undercard. But uh, but yeah, I mean, Canelo Canelo's the man. You know, as he goes, so goes the division. Um, you know, um, you know, like I said, but I mean, even without Canelo, you've got a lot left in this division. Yeah, well, assuming Triple G, you know, stays in the division. Yeah, you got Jacobs, you've got you know Charlo, uh, Andre saw some intrigue. I mean, Derevianchenko gave Jacobs a heck of a fight. Him against any of those guys is a damn good fight. B- Billy Saunders coming and back Billy from a drug Joe suspension Saunders. this weekend. Right, he's fighting a pretty nondescript guy, but uh, he'll- we've been going for a while. I, I really wanted to. Uh, maybe we'll get to it at the end. But the, the drug testing stuff. But okay, the Saunders case I thought was really botched but uh and i know there's a lot of people who anytime these guys test positive for anything want to throw stones at them but 
That one, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I just think you know we really need to have some sort of uniform policy. Would, are you suggesting Saunders wasn't treated fairly? Is that what you're suggesting? I think if you went by the book, I think the commission made the wrong decision. I really do. He relinquished the title, though, right, Saunders? He had to because the commission basically said they weren't going to license him. You know, and, and well, why did he relinquish it? Because it was a he, mandatory. He agreed to a they, suspension. They right? would have. They would have stripped him. But he agreed to a suspension instead of getting stripped. He. He, did he agree to a, a suspension? I think he did. And to me, to me, that's kind of like the, you know. The, well, so did Canelo, I guess, too. He agreed to a suspension. I mean, but it's kind of, to me, it's like a, a Pete Rose type thing. You know, Pete Rose, for those of you who aren't baseball fans, was accused of gambling on baseball. Uh, you know, the, the prosecution was closing in on him. And um, to avoid more serious punishment, he agreed to a lifetime ban. He agreed to a lifetime ban. Right. And, you know, now his fans are upset that he's not in the Hall of Fame. And he said, well, you know, what he did wasn't so bad. But, dude, he agreed to a lifetime ban. So, well, I, mean, I, don't, I don't kind think of Saunders had much choice. I mean, the, the Massachusetts wasn't going to license him. He was going to get stripped of the title. So he's like, you know, they, they suspended him. But, uh, I don't know. Can you, can you see Bernard Hopkins doing that with his titles? I mean, well, think Bernard, Bernard Hopkins would agree to give away his title if someone said you, you were— He might, he might have fought it. He might have should have fought it, but I mean, listen, it, it, it's pretty clear the water code, you know, that that was out of it was an out. Of, you get tested positive for something out of competition. Okay, and and the commission clear dead to rights <laughs> in their rules and regs said that they follow the water code. So how do you suspend this guy? Okay, fair enough. And then one one last guy, Rob Brandt. Oh, wow, yeah, I didn't even thought about Rob Brandt. He's basically ESPN and top ranks only connection to this division. Right. Um, and, nice win, though. Nice, uh, nice, real nice win. I, he, got, he got a bogus WBA secondary title. It shocked But me. it was a real nice win. Yeah, because, you know, after what happened to him in the oh, World oh, Boxing oh, Super Series, you know, with your boy uh, Jürgen uh, Bramer. Yeah. Or Bramer, however you pronounce it. He's um, not my boy, but okay. He's your boy. He's your boy. And, uh, you know, I— when I was with Charlotte, he was a Universum that. guy, so he's not my boy. <laughs> I didn't think much of uh, Brandt, and uh, you know, I was really surprised not just, not so much that he beat Murata because I didn't think much of Murata, either, but the way he beat him, really impressive, throwing over a hundred punches around. I mean, it was a really, really impressive performance. Sure, you know, Rob Brandt stepped up on beating at middleweight too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he would be an interesting fight, but if Triple G doesn't land on ESPN, I, you know, they're going to have to, you know, send them outside the network, you know, and much, much as they don't want to do that. I think they'll actually have to play nice with other promoters. So let's go. I mean, we, we, we are really going long here. Um, let's go to the junior middleweights. You're going to have to have me back for another one, Kurt. <laughs> junior middleweights, you know, tremendous fight in 2018. One of the fights of the year, Aris Landy Lara, Jared Hurd. Great fight. Um, real close. Hurd closed the show in, in the final round. Got the win. Um, you know, uh, then, you know, was injured, came back and got, got the easy touch, uh, on the, on the Fury, uh, Wilder undercard. So he's rumored, I mean, I just, I interviewed, uh, Breadman last week and he said Julian Williams is rumored to, to be taking him on in, in April. Taking who on? Um, Jared Hurd. Hurd and Bre- Julian Williams. So, so people don't know, Breadman is Stephen Edwards. He's Julian Williams' trainer. Yes. So he's telling you that he thinks his guy's going to fight... Heard because he's a mandatory for her in in April. Okay, but but Breadman, I mean, he, he, that's a fight. Obviously, he wants. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not a dis- well, listen, he's not a dis- has dis- no choice. You've got Jermel Charles. Who, who has no BC. choice? Who has no choice? Heard in who has no choice? Julie, you got to fight somebody tough. You want to you want to win a title? Yeah, but Heard has a choice. 
I'm saying Jillian Williams. But keep, her, keep up, Scott. Yeah, but you but you're saying he's gonna fight Herd. <laughs> yes, but Herd's you, probably you, gonna fight Charlo. Jamel Charlo. But you were saying that that um, you know uh, he had some sort of choice or whatever. I'm just like at 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 154 pounds. No, no, he doesn't have a choice. Julian Williams should and no doubt in my mind will take that fight if he's offered to him. Yeah. I'm not so sure that opportunity is going to materialize because I think there's going to be some pressure for. Heard and Jamel Charlo to deliver a super fight. I mean, Heyman's got to deliver a big fight for, for the Charlos. But well, they were in the ring. You know, if if what's to be believed, you know, the the banter in the ring after uh, after Heard's win on on the Fury Wilder undercard is to be believed. Charlo came into the ring and it's just like, come on, let's let's do this fight. And honest, believe me, Fox and Showtime they want that fight to happen in the first quarter. Of, of next year. I mean, that, you know, Steven Espinosa had that one penciled in. But her just like, listen, I'm on top. I call the shots. You know, I want one more. I want to fight at home. So I think, you know, hey, Herd is actually standing up and saying, listen, I'm not going along with the program. I want one more fight before this. And, and, and Red's here and Williams. Williams okay. which is no gimme. <laughs> yeah. That's no gimme. I agree. Yeah. And that's all the more reason for someone to talk some sense into Herd and say, listen, do, the, the, super, do the super fight with Jamel Charlo. Yeah. Do it. I mean, listen, Jared Hurd's an exciting fighter. We I all love, love to see him fight. You know, we've both been around the sport long enough to know guys like this don't have – guys with that kind of fighting style don't typically have very long careers. Right. Um, you know, is, it, it is, is this guy going to have a Roberto Duran type career? Who, who, who does? Right. Uh, right. So, you know, to me, take that super fight. Make the money while you can. Uh, you know, they'll uh, – There'll always be fights of the caliber of Julian Williams there for him later. Right. Julian Williams is a, a, a fine fighter. You know, I consider Stephen Edwards a friend. I, I hope they get that fight. Right. But I, to me, if I'm heard or if I'm advising heard, that's not the smartest fight for me. You know, don't don't let these fights marinate. Oh, yeah. Don't let these fights matter. We've we've all seen what happens, and and I'm not complaining about Herb Williams. Though. That's a good fight. I mean, if he was taking another fight, you know, outside, that's true. Yeah, that's I mean, true. I'm definitely not complaining about that's it. true. But but the, but again, you think the Charlo? He's got to keep the Charlos happy with some big fights. He certainly hasn't given well, Jamal Charlo. Charlo's big... not happy that Herb's taking. I mean, believe me, Charlo wants that fight. I mean, he was in the ring yelling about it, and I think you know the powers of B wanted it too. But Herb's saying no. I want one more. Right now, now Charlo has a fight coming up this Saturday against Tony Harrison, which is a good fight. That is a good. fight. And, and Harrison shouldn't be completely discounted. I know. He certainly got the power if he, you know. He's a puncher. He's definitely a guy who starts fast and, and is dangerous early. So uh, It seems like a really good guy, too. Yeah. Which, which I, that's not a vibe I get from Jamel. <laughs> the really good guy is not a vibe I get from Jamel. I think Jamel's not a bad guy. I think, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's good at hyping things. And, 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 you know, he seems, he seems like he's mad all the time. But, uh. I don't know. I, I think uh, I, I think those guys uh, they, they don't know how to play to the camera. As a fan, I'm pulling for Tony Harrison. Sorry, <laughs> you know, but, but um, that's a good fight. That's a good fight. I mean, listen, PBC has uh, the the vast majority of the talent in this division, and, and they're also planning uh, Brian Castaño, a guy who I'm a big fan of, right. who, uh, who I recruited and, and unsuccessfully did not did not sign. But, Costa Rica uh, in the house, right? Isn't he Costa Rican? Uh, Argentinian. He's not Argentinian. Costa. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Argentinian. And uh, he's supposedly going to fight Eris Landy Lara. There's been a lot of rumor, but Showtime hasn't announced yet, but in the first quarter of 2019. So that's two top 10 guys fighting. You know, Harrison Charlo, um, you know, Heard Williams. I mean, you know, give me all that. that that's great. And, you know, the one guy who's a little left out because he's not in the PBC is Jaime Munguia, who, who had a great 2018 coming in last minute. 
Um, almost fought Triple G. They, they wouldn't sanction that, so he right. so you know you know messes around and wins a junior middleweight title on last right, minute right. notice with Saddam Ali. Right. Um, and very fortunate to get that fight. I mean, Saddam Ali's a good fighter, but he's certainly no junior middleweight. Saddam Ali, for those of you who don't remember, what I would say lucked into a fight. I mean, I think Miguel Cotto had the belt, and no, Miguel Cotto had the belt. Right. You know was granted what seemed on paper like an easy fight against a, a skilled but undersized Saddam Ali. And uh, Cotto just got injured in the fight. Right. I, I thought Cotto would have won that fight. But right. Saddam Ali, you know, to his credit, you know, one, I, you know he, he got the belt and, and, and fought Munguia and he just got destroyed. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I, I'm not sold on Munguia yet. Um, he's yeah, exciting. Liam Smith, Liam he's, Smith was banging him pretty good. He's exciting. Know? He's he's uh, what I consider must see TV, a but better I, than Liam Smith might have might have turned that fight the other way. You know. You know, but 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 let's talk about one more guy because you 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 said that uh, Hurd uh, Hurd's got two belts. Yes. So so Williams is, is the IBF mandatory, right? But isn't Kel Brook a mandatory? Well, but Hurd's a super champ. So super champs don't really have mandatories. But he might be the mandatory for – if he's the mandatory in the BA, he would be the mandatory for, for Brian Castaño, I would think. But but I think if you had the chance to fight Kel Brook, you know, we talked a little bit about how bad Kel Brook looked in his last fight. <laughs> um, you know, that's a that's a good fight for well, – that's, 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 that, that's a high money, no small risk fight. Well, there, there's assuming a couple, it could be made. Assuming it could be made. There's a couple dominoes in that one, though, because you've got Amir Khan, obviously, right. and, and Hearn desperately wants to make Khan Brook. Um, but Khan has another offer on the table to fight uh, Terrence Crawford. So if Khan takes the Crawford fight, then you would think Brook might push for to try and get him. Right. Again, another super fight. Don't let that one marinate. I think Brook and Khan should fight each other. They both look They're horrible. Both. They both look horrible in their last yes. fight, in my opinion. It would be an entertaining fight. Right. Uh, certainly, if you're following social media, Khan's. I don't even want to repeat them. Yeah. He's saying some Khan's some stupid. Uh, you know. Keep it to himself. Stupid, <laughs> stupid, stupid things um, about Brook. Uh, you know, very personal. I have no idea if they're true or not. I don't want to even justify them. But uh, it would probably make for a pretty interesting lead up to the fight. And again, this is a fight that should have happened. I mean, you've got two guys. Just just fight already. Get this get this fight done. I don't want to see them both in mismatches against top champions. Right. I'd rather see them fight each other in an entertaining fight and let the champions fight, you know, some, someone else. All right. We, we got to go really quick. Okay. I think we're running over time here. Um Welterweight's uh, probably the most interesting division in the sport. Yeah, Errol Spence, I wish he'd fight somebody. You yeah. Know? You know what? It's funny. I had Bredman on last week, and his theory is no one wants to fight Spence. He's like, you know, his resume sucks, and he's obviously like a, a, a awesome fighter. You know, it takes like Mikey Garcia to, to come up and challenge him. He's like, he's like, listen, Thurman, Porter, Garcia, you know, the other Garcia, Danny Garcia, he's like, those guys don't want him. So he has to fight a Mikey Garcia. So... Um, yeah, hopefully this is the year. I mean, the way I'd love to see it play out. All right, he gets his Mikey Garcia. Um, Porter's going to fight Jordanus Ugas. I don't. Know, I don't even know why he's doing that. It's not a mandatory. Um, Ugas is deserving. Ugas credit, credit to him for fighting. Deserves credit to him for taking that fight. I definitely mean, I, deserves yeah. a shot. I think that's kind of a marking time fight, and, and because Spence isn't going to fight Ugas, and they don't want. Spence to get uh, stripped. Uh, I think that's why they're giving him the shot at Porter. Right. But you would think. I mean. Thurman's getting getting back in the ring. He's going to take on Jose Cito Lopez. I think, you know, I could potentially see, I mean, I know Thurman wants to take a couple tune-ups too, but hopefully you will see Thurman Porter. 
after that. You know, these guys get those fights out of the way. You'll see Thurman Porter. Um, I don't know who Spence is going to fight in between. Maybe call he fights Danny Garcia. Call me, call me crazy. Call me crazy. But if Manny Pacquiao knocks out Adrian Broner, you think there'd be a market for Errol Spence versus Manny Pacquiao? I would, without question. And Steven Espinosa is saying that, that Pacquiao is willing to fight anybody. He's not just. I don't think you need Steven Espinosa to say. I think you just well, need to look at Manny Pacquiao's well, resume. A lot of people were thinking, okay, he's taking the Broner fight, but the only reason he's going with PPC is to get that one last big payday with Floyd again. And, and, and then, well, uh, well, I mean, I, I think it's kind of understood that if if, if Mayweather calls your name, oh, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna jump, and that's yeah. gonna supersede anything. And and okay, right. Um, you know, look, we've got we've also got an exhibition to watch between Floyd Mayweather and I can't say his name, but the Japanese kickboxer who right. I, I mean, if you have you ever seen highlights of this guy, it's unbelievable. He's some of his knockouts are unbelievable. He's got some hand speed, and honestly, anyone who knows sparring, usually the young, you know, the, the smaller guys do well in the sparring because they've got the quickness. But uh, you know, I mean, Floyd's an old man. I mean, I, honestly, it's it's just an exhibition. I you know. Whatever. I, yeah. I isn't it? Isn't uh, sorry. I know you're in a rush here, but uh, <laughs> it's just an exhibition. That's probably what Jack Johnson told himself when he stepped in the ring with Stanley Ketchum, <laughs> and he got floored. Well, this guy. <laughs> I hope we get that noises like he wants to not. He wants to I, make a name for himself. I, so Floyd better come ready. I hope we get some of that excitement. <laughs> you know that the Ketchum Johnson generated. Uh, I mean, certainly the the Japanese promoter of the fight, the way Floyd, you know, was in and out. He certainly can't have any love lost for Mayweather and probably wouldn't feel too bad if his guy went all out and, you know, went crazy with a couple of kicks or <laughs> – I don't know. But, uh, I, again, I, Manny Pacquiao is going to be an interesting guy in the welterweight division. I think he gets by Broner. Especially with the PBC. He's in I the think right he, place. I think he gets by Broner and then, you know, look, there's a lot – compared to some of the other divisions, there's certainly a lot of potential here between Porter, Spence, uh, Crawford and Pacquiao – Thurman. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Um, not Crawford. All those guys have the same promoter. Crawford right, does right. not have the same promoter. Yeah. Excuse He's me. He's the odd man out. Crawford may be the odd man out, but with, but with Spence, Pacquiao, Porter, and, and Thurman, they're all under the same promotional umbrella, the PBC. you got some potential for some really good fights there. Oh, absolutely. And I, absolutely. I, I think we're going to see something. I, I'd like, I, I'm a big Pacquiao fan. Um, I don't want to see him uh, get hurt. But at the same time, if he looks good against Broner, it's hard, hard to imagine him not, you know, based on his track record, not taking the biggest fight available to him. Right. Whether it's right. Mayweather or Thurman or or Spence uh, or, or anyone else. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, if he if he is able to beat uh, Broner impressively and and Spence rolls through Mikey Garcia, that will be really interesting to see. If those I guys think he beats Broner. Are, are, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would favor him to beat Broner for sure, for sure, for sure. All right. I mean, I don't know. We maybe. I think we only get two hours of this thing. But uh, how far are we into it? I, I think we are. Uh, I, I can't even tell. But we're, we're running late. It's great talking boxing with you. Yeah, absolutely. Time's flying by. All right. Well, we'll, we'll finish real quick. Speed round. Well, All right. I'd like to talk about. Uh, I tell you, I'd, I'd really like to talk about 130 pounds. 130 pounds. Let's okay. let's let's let's, let's just acknowledge Vasily Lomachenko as pound for pound and the and the and the lightweight king and and we hope to see him in some good fights and. Unify, but but let's move on to 130 pounds because that's a very interesting division to me because you've got Miguel Burchelt, the WBC champion, a warrior. Yes. You've got Tevin Farmer, who's just a great, great story. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple any, of losses, couple of losses show. early in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, busy guy, believes in himself, 
very determined, seems willing to fight anybody, hasn't really fought the top yet, but he's been busy, and I, I think he's certainly willing to do so. You've got Gravanta Davis, Tank Davis. Um, you've got Alberto Machado, who's a hell of a fighter. Uh, and you, you Francisco Vargas only has one loss. So you've got guys, you know, there's, there's different. Well, honestly, too, Masayuki Ito, who, I don't know if you saw I that have fight. not seen him fight yet. I know that he's the IBF champion. dynamite fight with him and Christopher Diaz. Great fight. And Diaz was, you know, the guy who was top-ranked guy who was, you know, kind of assumed to, to win that fight. Yeah. And Ito just blasted him for, for 12 rounds, just gave him a beating. Great fight. So uh, we've got some good fights. You know, the, the interesting <clears throat> thing is, so uh, Gravanta Davis, well, He's fighting Abner Morris next. Yeah. So that's something I guess people can look forward to in uh, in, in 2019. I, I think it's a terrible fight for Morris. Uh, I can't. I, don't ima- get it, I yeah. can't imagine. You know, he's <laughs> going to bring any power with him right. up to 130 pounds. You know, the 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 politics wise, the, the very frustrating thing to me is, you know, we we touched on this earlier. Gavanta Davis, a WBA super champion. <laughs> There's no way this guy should be the super champion. So he. It, you know, they fought for the vacant super champion. Exactly, and 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 <laughs> which is ridiculous. And he beat Quayar, who's coming off a loss. Right. So a guy right. coming and off who, a loss and over uh, a year's inactivity. Too. Right. And and Jezreel <laughs> Corrales was the super champion. Right. He fought Machado. He right. didn't make weight. Machado beat Corrales. So you'd think he'd become the super champion. Yes. Much better so, argument for it. Um, so is Gravanta Davis even a legitimate champion? It's, it's <laughs> hard to. It's hard yeah, to say, but, you know but he's an exciting fighter. To me, this, this is a division that cries out for the World Boxing Super Series because, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the titles mean nothing in, in, in the WBA anymore. It's just a joke. And um, you've got so many, you know, good fighters, but not, 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 no one's a superstar there. No one's going to price themselves out. Um, you know, Burchelt, I mean, I love watching him fight. I mean, that, that, that fight with him and Roman was, was, <laughs> was intense, mm-hmm. yeah. man. And and Burchell just looks like he, he he looks like a middleweight in there. And when he swings, I mean, when he hits these guys, they they feel it for days. I mean, wouldn't you love to see they him against? The, wouldn't you love to see him against the, the boxing skills of Tevin Farmer? I'd love to see him again in against Farmer. Dave, I'd love to see him and Machado throwing I mean, bombs. Machado's seriously underrated too. Yeah, yeah. And Ido, like I said, is no joke. So you've literally got like at least you know five guys in there. And if you just wanted to, you know, break it down to four with Davis, Farmer, Burchell, and Machado, I would take I would take a four man tournament. You know? <laughs> like, uh, Absolutely, uh, but yeah, that, you know. but, but if you put Ito and Roman and, and some of these other guys in the mix, they'll make good fights. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Roman's not. I mean, he's, you know, he's got double digit losses, but he's a warrior. He's, yeah, he's, you, he's know, you know, you know what you're going to get with him. I mean, you're going to get great effort. You're going to get a guy who's who's going to just come to make it a great fight. So. Yeah, I, I love the uh, I love the junior lightweights. Love the junior lightweights. Um, you know, um, I, I think we'll probably have to to end it there because I think we're probably sure. over time. But Scott, always a pleasure to to talk boxing with you. And you know, we didn't we didn't get to all of it, but it was definitely a, a good time talking about it. Man. All right, well, look forward to being back on the show. Rest in peace, HBO, and yes. hopefully, twenty nineteen will build on the momentum that uh, we saw in twenty eighteen. Absolutely, man. Take all care. Right, thank you. And that will do it for another edition of the Boxing Esquire podcast. I'd really like to thank my man, Scott Schaefer, for taking the time out to speak with me. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment or a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, SoundCloud, or wherever you access the Boxing Esquire podcast. Really appreciate it as it helps new listeners find the podcast. And until next time, have a happy uh, 2019 and uh, so long, everybody.
what you was looking for?